0: Hey, listener, what's up? This is episode 128 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. You are joining us on a fresh edition of a lovely series we're doing here with the ginger geek Matt Dalhauer called What the Fuck Happened? This time we're taking a look at the crazy, inconsistent characterization of Hal Jordan, played by one in between Deadpool's Ryan Reynolds in the 2011 movie, Green Lantern. That's right. We got the patented Del Hauer recap and analysis breakdown. Try to get to the bottom of the crappiness of this movie. Check out the show notes at jockandnerd.com slash 128. And let's all travel back in time to the innocent times of summer of 2011. Yahoo! It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And over there is the rug boy. What's up, rugs? Good earth to you. What's up, dudes? How's it going? How you doing? Nice to hear you. And joining us for this uh, very geek-tastic episode is the man, the myth, the legend, the ginger geek himself, Matt Delhauer. What's up, Matt?
1: What's going on, guys?
0: Uh, uh, We're here... Because we have assembled to deconstruct another crappy superhero motion picture
2: as part of our ongoing series series
0: called What the Fuck Happened in collaboration with the Ginger Geek Blogs. I'm very excited for this one because uh, the movie this time, listener, is Green Lantern from 2011. Delhauer, how do we land on this movie this time?
1: Honestly, I think it, this was probably one of the first ones that I would say people actually requested from us.
0: That's true. Yeah, we did kind of throw it out there. And I've, been
2: uh, to, I, I've been wanting to talk about this one, too, for a while.
0: This movie does deserve uh, to be talked about. It's so, really shitty. It's really shitty. And we're going to get the, to the bottom of what the fuck happened.
2: Even more so than shitty. It's just very disappointing is my my take on it.
0: I'll agree. It had, That is
2: exactly how I would describe it.
0: It had so much potential. If you're a Green Lantern fan, you know, you got really excited when they announced this. And then to see what happens, yeah, you're just heartbroken. At the end of this thing, you're like, God damn it. So, look, if you're a new listener, this is a wonderful series, What the Fuck Happened. Before we get started, though, I just want to shout out our last episode. Definitely check it out. We talked to the creator of Torso Bear, a hit indie UK comic, Brett Uren. And, Anthony, the only reason I'm saying this is I wanted to prove that I could pronounce his name on the fly properly.
2: What did you call did him? You?
3: Urine? I, I did. Dang. On the show. Damn it. Of, of you, course. I would
0: have had shit. a field day with that.
2: After the guy told us how to pronounce his name, Imran immediately calls him Urine.
0: <laughs> yeah. After I asked him five
3: not,
2: times. Not jokingly either. Like, being like trying his damnedest to, like, impress the guy. I would
3: have called him PB pants. <laughs> and just would have went out of field day with that. So you're lucky I wasn't there. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was great. I mean, I didn't say it to his face. It was in the intro that we recorded it afterwards. So uh, I never got a reaction from him. But I'll have to email him and ask him what he thought. If he he won't want shuffle. to talk to you. I probably not. Uh, no. But this- he, has,
1: he has a picture of you on a dartboard in his office now. <laughs> you ruined my career, you piece of shit. I am now his motivation for
0: uh, being even more successful and, and, and driving. How do you on. pronounce it? Uren. See, I would have thought it was Urin. That's what I thought. I thought it was Brett Uren. Like that, uh, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. But look, he I. He, it's fine. He'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang, let's get to this crappy movie. The Jock, the Jock and nerd, nerd Podcast. All right. We are going to delve into Green Lantern from DC Warner Brothers uh, released in 2011. A uh, Great year. Uh, a year when uh, The New 52 came out. Uh, this was uh, also the year I got married. So it's a, it was a, the year I started CrossFit, Anthony. I think oh, that's what I started, I started doing CrossFit. All these things. It's all
2: about you, you son of a bitch. It's
0: all about me. And it's all about this kind of false start movie to the DCEU. Cause I it was believe, also uh,
2: it was the year that I graduated college.
0: Oh, there you, there you go. go. See what Jesus else? And,
2: and there was a ton of competition in this summer that this came out because there was Thor. Oh, X-Men First Class and Captain America. Yikes. Ooh, that is a, yeah, this, was, a... this was deep into
1: setting up the uh, the Avengers yeah. film. Balls deep.
0: That, yeah, this is and this was their stab at trying to do it. So let me uh, well, I'm just going to set it up by talking about a little bit of the cast and crew and the budget. Uh, this movie is directed by Martin Campbell. Who's uh, was known for a couple of the uh, James Bond movies. I believe he did Casino Royale.
1: He did Casino Royale and Goldeneye.
0: And Goldeneye. Great video game there. Um, I don't know if he had anything to do with that. Uh, written screenplay by, we're going to know these names, everybody. Greg Berlanti, Michael Green, Mark Guggenheim, and Michael Goldenberg. So this wow. is uh, the CW-verse. Before it's formed, uh, Greg Berlanti, Guggenheim kind of. Taking a, their first stab at this uh, kind of superhero universe, I think.
3: Yeah,
1: um, I don't think it's their first stab at a superhero universe because Guggenheim had been working on Smallville. Before oh, that's this.
0: right.
2: Yeah, he done. Uh, yeah, he did right. He done small, Smallville and some other things, maybe. So you know, so he he wrote uh, X Men Origins of well, the video game. Never mind. Fuck off. Fuck off, Anthony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Do we yes. have that button?
2: <laughs> Bro, do you even podcast? Who cares? Jock said that. <laughs> okay, how about that
0: one? Uh, this movie stars Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool before Deadpool, uh, as Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Blake Lively is Well, Carol actually, Turs. wrong.
2: Wrong. You're wrong again. Uh, yeah. He was he was Deadpool in oh. uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Was,
0: what you're also Hannibal King. Hannibal King? What movie was that?
2: That was Blade Trinity. Oh, that's
0: right. So... Yeah. He was uh you know
2: Deadpool black- and name Deadpool, only in Wolf. Blackmailed
0: into being a shitty Deadpool. Yeah. Uh kind of but then, you know, pays off like eleven years later, where he gets to do it right. Uh Blake Lively is Carol Ferris, and I believe they hooked up and got married after this movie. This yeah. is where they met.
1: This was the second time a shitty comic book movie led to a Hollywood romance. What
0: was the first one?
1: Daredevil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Ben Affleck Bennifer.
1: he left Bennifer. Jennifer Lopez for Jennifer Garner in another of that
3: movie. And- was yeah. that a and trade up left. or a trade? No, that was a. It was, uh,
2: that was like hmm. a lateral move. It's very lateral. Go. Maybe yes. even
0: kind of downward.
3: If,
2: do if you're it. an ass guy, it's a definitely a little down group. Yeah, that's true. In terms
1: yeah. of uh, you, powerful you, women, though, in the industry, that. If you get, get really from. turned on by a woman talking in a baby voice. And <laughs> this this was great for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that is that Gardner's thing? that all she does? It's uh, what, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, Peter Sar's guard is Hector Hammond. Uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro, Tim Robbins as Hammond. What the fuck is Tim Robbins doing in this movie? Is the first question you should be asking yourself, listener. Money. Uh, my, uh must have been uh, yeah. phoning it in on this one a little bit, but we'll get into that. I think. <laughs> uh, Taika Waititi as the best bud Tom Kalmaku. Uh, Taika Waititi, who has gone from this to he's the director of Thor Ragnarok, yeah. which is uh, that's quite a journey, uh, for Taika.
2: You got a you got a couple others. Angela Bassett as the first time we've as seen him. Demo- yeah, Demo- yeah, Demo- first Amanda. Amanda
0: Waller. See, this is my question because she's listed as Doctor Waller, but this yeah, is Amanda it's,
1: Waller. It's a weird yeah. Waller. She, she introduces Waller. herself yeah. as Doctor Amanda Waller. She
0: yeah. does. Yeah. I thought so, and I love Angela Bassett. She's another like heavy hitter that's like way above this movie. And you're like, wow, I got Angela to play uh, Amanda Waller.
2: Don't forget about Michael
1: Clark Duncan voicing Kilowog. That's ah, cool. that's a good one. As well too. as Jeffrey Rush uh, voicing Tomar Ray. Tomar Ray. Tomar Ray. Yeah.
0: That, you know, those, uh, the alien voiceovers were, uh, those are some of the best acting out of the movie, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> More than the human performances, but quite an eclectic cast. So this movie cost, uh, this is this right, an estimated $200 million. Oh, shit. Dollars? Wow. Well, no, yeah, here's the it. thing.
1: It was estimated two hundred million production budget, a marketing and promo budget of a hundred million. Wow! And then they pumped another nine million into doing uh, visual effects in the last two months of pro- uh, post production. Yeah, I, I remember oh.
2: hearing all that stuff for sure.
0: Holy Jesus! And what happens? It makes fifty three million uh, U.S. domestic opening weekend in June of twenty eleven, and goes to uh, make a total of just a hundred and sixteen million domestically. By September, damn. wow, what uh, horrible, horrible numbers.
1: Well, now make sure you pronounce it right. It's 116. One,
0: yeah. Oh, sorry. Not 160. God damn it, Emron. I can't talk anymore. I can't say Two, names. I think it's
2: 219, world, uh, including the Worldwide box yeah, office. Yeah, Worldwide was 219. So that they, movie lost a shit lost ton of money. Shit
0: ton. They barely made back their production budget, Uh, and, and that's a crazy budget. Uh, and the movie's not very long. It's only 114 minutes, and uh, before we started, uh, Matt and I were discussing, I'd forgotten about this extended cut. That what? Really, yeah, it adds nine and a half minutes, well, but it, it doesn't really add anything. It, ad- it
1: adds one nine and a half minute scene. Yeah. Okay. So, pretty which much is, doesn't. Which is, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it once we get to where it should be in the, the movie. Oh. Yeah. We'll work
0: it in. It really doesn't improve effect. Or do anything to the movie. So, uh, there we go. Let's fade to black. Cut to the DC logo from 2011. Remember that logo, guys? With the little swoopy thing in there? And, uh, I think was, there was that the a toilet bowl? In. No, this is before the toilet bowl. Yeah.
3: Oh. It was,
1: it was the, the DC in the lopsided circle. Okay. And, yeah,
0: and it doesn't say, like, comics even. It just says DC. Okay.
1: District of Columbia.
3: Let's go. And they tried <laughs> to the do <laughs> the Marvel thing with
1: the comic pages, too.
0: Yeah, they, oh, nice. there's a there's like two shots of like Green Lantern,
1: uh, panels. yeah, like like inside of the yeah. the DC logo. I think
2: before, before, quick, before we though. get into Del Hauer's awesome uh, recap of this movie, I just want to say I was super excited coming into this Green Lantern film because we had Ryan Reynolds starring as Hal Jordan, who at the time I thought would be a perfect Hal Jordan, and this was the time when Jeff Johns was just killing it in terms of Green Lantern comics, and Green Lantern had been revitalized as a not joke character and actually an awesome thing.
0: Green Lantern is selling oh. well. They just did the new Fifty Two. They had a lot of buzz. No, not even the new Fifty
2: Two before
1: no, that. It was it was it was after he had done uh, Green Lantern Rebirth and ah. when he was doing
2: like the War of the Rings and everything like Lack that, like a knight and all that stuff. Wow, it was, oh, it was, that's right. Green Lantern was fucking hot. I'm so time.
3: surprised that you said that because when I went into the movie, I knew it was gonna suck. Like I knew it sucked from the very get go when they when they hired Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, this is miscast. And the, and the and then when I heard that the costume was going to be totally CG, I was like, that's going to suck. And the masks <laughs> looked weird in the posters. And I was like, this is going to suck. So I knew <laughs> it was going to suck before I even got to the theater. So I wasn't anticipating it. I was like, okay, let's
0: get this over with.
2: I, I was going based more on the, the material they could have had to work with. Uh-oh. Like what they could have mined and what they didn't actually do. So
0: R- rugs, you saw this in the theater?
2: Yeah. Uh, Anthony, you saw it in the theater? Midnight Showing.
0: Wow, you were yeah. there! Wow, oh, yeah. even back then, God. Midnight damn.
2: showing, and I knew the Rotten Tomato score. Walking into a midnight showing,
0: which is what? Oh, I didn't look at it. It was up, like 26
1: percent. 26%. Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. Uh, Delhauer,
1: did you see this in the theater? I did. Okay,
0: I did not. I saw this way after the fact.
2: Yeah, I told you about this movie. Yeah, that you watched about, yeah. yeah, and
0: uh, all right. So, uh, Fade to Black and Delhauer.
2: All right, so uh, the
1: movie opens up as so many great movies do with a voiceover explaining all of the backstory for this movie. (laughs) Um, In like a two-minute voiceover from Jeffrey Rush, he explains to us who the Guardians are, what Oa is, what the Green Lantern Corps is, and how Parallax came to be. And this is all really important because it's going to get explained to us again later. (laughs) After we get done with doing the big uh, explanation as well as showing the word Green Lantern on screen, uh, we go to the planet Riot in the lost sector of space where uh, three random alien uh, explorers or whatever they're supposed to be have crash landed on this planet. And we get the classic um, slasher monster movie opening where they stumble across uh, the, the villain Parallax who is frozen in what looks like a green lollipop or jello or <laughs> like a yeah. jello mold. Like yeah, just like yeah. solid in a jello mold. Um he immediately now what I love is immediately off the bat these aliens are speaking in a language that we don't know and they're subtitled, but when they find parallax, parallax speaks in English. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Uh yells something along the lines of like, I can taste your fear, and oh, then yeah. just like sucks their skeletons out of their body. And that was enough for him to break out of his green glass prison that he's been stuck in for centuries, I think. Yeah, it seemed pretty easy. Uh we immediately do a time jump to six months later, because in that six months, apparently the Green Lantern Corps is so inept that they don't know that their greatest uh villain has escaped his prison and is causing devastation across the galaxy. We meet with a Green Lantern called Abin Sur, who is played and voiced by the guy who was Django Fett in Clone uh, Attack of the Clones. Ah. The Green Lantern of Sector 2814. This is not actually explained. This is me using my own comic book knowledge. Nice. Um, where he is speaking to another... Uh, Green Lantern named Sinestro saying that, uh, who mentions more about planets being devastated and there being traces of yellow energy, to which Abin Sor says that he knows who it is and it's Parallax. And guess what? Parallax attacks him immediately. Like right there, it's very what a coincidence. Like he says the name and immediately Parallax busts in the door like fucking Kramer from Seinfeld. Like, Whoa, oh hey Jerry,
0: <laughs> where crazy. are their fucking rings at this point? Where is the ring alert? Yeah, goddamn Green Lantern ring. Um, what's
1: even better is with the fact that they have these rings that can help them fly across the galaxy. Why is Sur in a fucking ship?
0: You know what? I-, I always had that
1: question because in the comics, it's the same way. But you're like, wait, why does he need a spaceship? They all just fly around. Apparently in an interview, even like Greg Balenti, uh commented on how like, yeah, that's something that doesn't make sense. But he didn't change it. <laughs> no, he didn't. Parallax attacks Abin he gets injured, and then crash lands on Earth. And we will get back to him in about 45 minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> After I crash, Abin Sur, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back on Earth, we now get our introduction to uh, Ryan Reynolds. I'm sorry, I mean Hal Jordan.
2: Yeah. Hey, yeah. uh, Wilder. Reynolds, Hal, yes.
1: yeah. Hal Highball Jordan, that is, uh, yeah. for all you comic fans. Waking up late for his job with some random gorgeous woman uh, and very uh, just all over the place. Shit all over his apartment. He just finds random clothes to wear and runs out the door, leaving her behind. He is so likable, you guys. (laughs) On his way to his job, which we don't know what it is at this point based on the what the movie is giving us, he is driving with no hands, not looking at the road in his uh, – was that a GTO or was that a, a Challenger? I think it was a Dodge Challenger. Yeah. Uh, his bright orange Dodge Challenger because he's super cool, you guys. As he is not paying attention to the road and not holding on to the steering wheel, he is busily wrapping a birthday present in newspaper – because this movie loves the idea of show, don't tell, but not properly. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that you're ever going to find out that Hal Jordan leaves things to the last minute until he almost gets into a car accident and then calls the other guy an asshole. Super cool. What a dick. <laughs> so he gets like uh, Hal Jordan so far. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he is. He is your everyman hero. Yeah, we can relate. <laughs> At the Ferris Aircraft Building in insert name of city here. We meet up with um, Tim Robbins playing Senator Hammond, who is taking a tour with uh, various nameless and near faceless members of the military. As the executives at Ferris Air are unveiling their Saber Three AI style flying uh, 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 fighter aircraft,
2: they
0: never say what city. They never say Central City. They never
2: say Coast City. Or Coast City.
0: They don't say where it is. Where is it?
2: Yeah. On the no, coast, duh! No. You son of a bitch.
0: No, no, but we're in I, the know, movie I know. I right? know they don't say it
1: in the movie. <laughs> so they're very obviously hoping to get a military contract for these AI planes. Hal comes running in late and deci- and starts getting dressed when he is being chewed out by Carol Ferris, the daughter of the the owner of the plant and his wingman for today's test flight. Uh, Hal does his best Van Wilder in making sure to make everything about sexual tension between the two of them before they actually go out for their test flight. While battling the robot planes, uh, Hal sacrifices his wingman in order to get an advantage, and then stalls his plane out so that he can try and take down the AI, because he doesn't care about getting the contract, he cares about winning. But everyone knows that this will most likely have them lose the contract, because Hal is super likable. (laughs) (laughs) As As the stalled plane is falling to the ground... Hal suddenly remembers, hey, you know who else fell to the ground in a plane? My dad. <laughs> oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> and my dad died in that plane crash. And I I'm, witnessed the whole thing. I'm going to take the next 10 to 15 minutes to remember this entire moment in <laughs> yeah. my
0: life. He's falling for so long. We've so seen what,
3: <laughs>
1: this whole moment at this point, too. No, we haven't. This is how they introduce you to his dead dad. By him so, recreating his dad's it, death, sort of. Yeah,
0: well, that I think that's like the extended cut has it all. They have it in oh, the front.
1: Oh, I watched the, the extended cut. puts it all at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like a whole
0: flashback before you get into it here. They have cut it into while he's falling to his so death. So
1: what I love is is that he while he's flying the plane and he's doing the test flight, um, he looks over at a wallet-sized picture of his dad that he has just sitting on his instrument panel. Of course. And then after, as he as the plane is falling to the ground, he's going into a tailspin and everyone's telling him, like, oh, you got to pull out of it. Hal. you're getting to, you know, you're getting to minimum height for eva- for a uh, eject- for to, in order to eject. He's just sitting there wide eyed, just remembering my dad died. What a my dad d- died in a plane. Yeah. I watched my dad die in a plane.
3: It's a stupid edit. Why did they do that?
1: It's horrible. Yeah. So yeah. he then he then ejects and his plane crashes into the ground. As he gets back to Ferris Air, he's now having a new one ripped into him by the boss as they are questioning as to what the hell was he thinking? And he basically responds back with, oh, I thought the whole point was to try and win. The boss tries to fire him. He tries to quit. And then Carol steps in and says he's not fired. He doesn't quit, but he is grounded in order to think about what you've done, Hal.
2: And they're basically trying to recreate like a Star Trek Kobayashi Maru sort of thing, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: That is 100%
1: what they're doing here.
0: I like the uh, Easter egg of Sapphire, her code name being Sapphire.
1: Yes. So now that he has thoroughly remembered his dead dad and he has been told that he's not allowed to fly anymore, we then finally get back to Avin Sur, who has crash-landed in the middle of a random swamp and sends out a green ball of energy from his ring and tells it to choose well. By the way, nobody
0: has noticed that a fucking spaceship has crash-landed. Uh, on earth like and uh, they won't
1: for hours yeah so right after being in a plane crash and being basically fired from his job hal's next stop is to go to his nephew jason's birthday party all in a day's work all yeah. in a day's work he pulls up walks in and every adult at the party is currently watching a news story about hal crashing his plane because i mean granted if you have an air force base nearby uh, a plane crash is usually a pretty newsworthy but I do love the fact that they don't, you know, send him to the hospital. He hasn't been hounded at all by any sort of press or anything like he left there where they are all like just stationed outside recording this news story. And he just walked out and left.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it could go two ways. Either they cover it up and nobody knows anything or everybody would be bothering him.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> he walks in and basically, oh, hey, guys. Uh, So his brother Jack reams him out and states something along the lines of, oh, do you want to be like dad so bad you want to die like him? And then storms out of the room and that's a wrap on Jack.
0: (laughs) The last we see in Jack Jordan. Uh,
1: (laughs) Hal goes upstairs to talk to his, uh, his nephew Jason Jordan, who is sulking in his room because his uncle Hal almost died. Hal basically tells him, hey, you don't have to be sad. I'm alive, and my job is to not be afraid of dying. By the way, here's a model airplane for your birthday. You remember how I almost died in an airplane today? (laughs) And that's the extent of the conversation with his nephew. He then tells him basically, go outside and enjoy your shitty birthday party. And the kid runs off. And make a mental note about Hal playing with uh, his matchbox cars at that point. We're going to get back to that later. Oh, yeah. All right. So in the extended cut, we then get to a point right now where Hal has a flashback to being a child. And it basically I, I legitimately I haven't watched the scene. I watched the theatrical version. But from what I gather, it's an almost nine minute scene just establishing that he, Carol and a character we haven't met yet. Hector Hammond all knew
2: each other as children. Yeah. That would have helped. That would have helped her later later on though, because they allude to this, but it's so fleeting when they so to
0: I it. also I read one description where like Hammond treats Hal more like his son than Hector, so you get more of that alienation of Hector like right away, pretty much the same characters it's, we see just
1: yeah it's, it's, it's oh, I think it's supposed to play a little bit into the idea that after Hal's dad died, Hector Hammond's father, ah. Senator Hammond, started to treat Hal almost like the son he never had despite having a son just, because he doesn't have a dad anymore.
0: Kind of like Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn and Peter Parker.
1: Yeah, Sort of what they were getting at, but so as well, how uh, then leaves his nephew's party. He legitimately showed up long enough to get yelled at by his brother, give his uh, nephew a shitty birthday present and then go home and is abducted by the energy ball that Alvin Sir sent out. And he is flown miles away to this swamp where it is now immediately like 1030 at night. Again, another thing nobody notices, a big green energy ball flying through the city. Just zooming Nothing. through the city, yeah. apparently for for hours, right? looking for somebody. <laughs> he finds Abin Sur inside of his crashed ship. He pulls him out, uh, is trying to find a way to comfort him, that he is going to get help and he is going to survive. Uh, all the time making wonderful quips like, don't worry, we're going to get you to a hospital that has purple blood. <laughs> because it's it's very obvious that the only way he can deal with not understanding something is to make fun of it. <laughs> He's really likable. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sur hands him his ring telling him that it is a great honor to be chosen by it and that he needs to use it with the lantern. And we then get a nice shot of the lantern inside of the, the ship that's on the ground. And it's just, like, ne- nicely, like, resting there. Like Legitimately, it's, it's like, framed in the broken window, like, oh, did you call? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after Abin's sword dies, uh, Hal does the only thing that he can think to do, and he calls his nerdy friend Thomas from Ferris Air to come pick him up. Hey, take away <laughs> Taiko Atiti, as Thomas, shows up in his Jeep to find that Hal has buried Abinsor's body, has the ring and the lantern, and now doesn't know what to do because he is stranded there. (laughs) So instead of, say, I don't know, walking and meeting Thomas somewhere, I mean, granted, I don't know how far away he is from the actual city, but he's like, I feel like, what is the direction that you give Thomas? Like, I don't know, drive out into the swamp until you find a crashed alien ship.
0: Dude, how can you? You got to be like, bro, and I, you and I, bet, you, and I bet you'll
1: find it faster than the government does.
0: Yeah, they, yeah, they but, still haven't found this fucking thing. They just now that, there.
1: now that they sit there and they're saying, oh, well, we can't, you know, Thomas wants to investigate it. And oh, think of all the things that we could learn from it. And then all Hal wants to do is just fucking leave. He's like, he's like, we can't do that, man. We can't be here. We can't be here anymore. And it's suddenly two government helicopters show up.
2: But he took the time to
1: bury the body.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, they're not going to notice that or find that. That must have taken
1: hours. I also love that when he when when Thomas looks over at, like, the little burial mound and he looks at it, Hal says, it was the pilot. And then he he immediately goes, like, he was wearing a uniform. I think he was a soldier or something. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know what alien uniforms mean, Hal?
0: (laughs) He's very observant. Maybe he was a waiter.
1: Oh, and then after that, I was going to say that after that, when he looks at the burial mound, Hal's response is, well, I couldn't just leave him. It's like... I mean, I guess this is the first like decent thing that you've done, but it was also just a huge waste of time. <laughs>
0: yeah, like what are you still doing there? And then those copters—like they didn't see you just drive away from the yeah. fucking alien ship. You had the two,
1: the two government helicopters show up, and they're like, "Oh, we can't be here anymore." So they jump into the jeep, which, by the way, Hal immediately gets behind the wheel.
0: Oh yeah, he just Thomas's takes his car,
1: <laughs> and oh, Hal's just like, "I'm driving." <laughs> Uh, and they take off and like so as they're driving away from a crashed alien ship tried to escape being captured by the government. They're also making stupid little quips about it when Hal's like, oh, he gave me this ring. He said it was a responsibility. And Thomas is like, responsibility, you Hmm wonder if it means being an asshole on his planet. It's like, there's a dead alien back there. I think you have more things to worry about than making fun of each other. There was another joke, too. He goes, he gave me this. He goes, what, he proposed?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's like he shows up the ring. Ah, they use that word responsibility a lot in this movie. Yeah. And it reminds me of Spider-Man That's one
2: of the themes. One of the themes.
1: So after they they get out of there, um, we then suddenly are back on Oa, only I guess we don't know it's Oa. I think it tells us it's Oa. It's like eight times when we're on Oa, they have to remind us of that. Yeah, every time. At which point, uh, Sinestro is talking to the Guardians, tells him that Avin Sur is dead, says that Parallax is devastating the uh, the entire galaxy, basically, and says that he wants to gather all of the, the Green Lanterns together so he can go after Parallax.
3: And then they all do the green Bukaki laser light show.
1: (laughs) I was going to say they do that. They do that soon, but he gets like a a solitary nod from the, the guardians that he's allowed to do this. Now we meet Hector Hammond, and this has to be probably one of my favorite character introductions, because this is just the pinnacle of trying too hard to introduce a character. Hector Hammond is a balding 20 something year old man. (laughs) Who we are who we are being led to believe is smart because he's playing chess on a computer while surrounded by four other computers. <laughs> That's how you know someone's smart. It's or very Batman. obvious that he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's very obvious that he is some kind of a nerd because he's eating Chinese food out of the container. And we are led to believe that he probably has some kind of an obsession with Carol Ferris because he's got a newspaper story about her just sitting on his desk. Creepy nerd. Let's go. That sounds like Imran. I was going to say, an unhappy nerd who is too drawn into how smart he is. If you didn't get that, well, then they didn't beat it over your head nearly enough. Uh, He is immediately approached by two men who, I guess we can assume are from the government, who take him away and blindfolded lead him to a random black site, which I guess is like just outside of the city, um, where he meets up with Amanda Waller. They bring him in, they show him Avinsur's body, and they say that they need him because he is a xenobiologist Whoa. to do an autopsy on Avensur. Is that a real thing? It
0: is. Okay.
1: Xenobiology, I had to look it up on Wikipedia, is the study of biological conditions that do not always naturally occur. Oh. As well as the replication and simulation of biological whatever. Huh. So basically, it boils down to being a scientist who studies unusual biology.
3: Oh, okay, like yes. <laughs> Feltyism. Yes, feltism. Uh, so unusual.
1: we then get a wonderful little back and forth cut in cut moment where Hal is now at his apartment, just hanging out, and decides he's going to figure out what making the ring connect with the lantern means. So now he has his little up, up and away Spider-Man moment yeah. where he's like doing karate punches with the ring on at the lantern, trying to figure out how it's supposed to work.
2: This was always weird to me because they were legitimately copying the Spider-Man stuff from the Sam Raimi's film and huh. Green Lantern. Hal Jordan is not Peter Parker. I stress is he is not Peter Parker. And no, they kept doing that.
1: So while they while he's doing that, it is intercut with Hammond doing his autopsy on Aubin's sore. At which point he reaches inside the big gaping wound in Abin chest and is basically bitten by Parallax <laughs> and it, and like infected by it.
0: Yeah, like because he it's that. But how come didn't Hal touch him also
1: before
3: earlier? Well, I, I think
1: part of it is because Hal didn't go digging inside of his body. Yeah, he didn't do the slack hole move with a hand inside the <laughs> yeah. hole. But it's also it's also I guess trying to let you know that. A parallax is the type of creature where, despite the fact that it kind of has like a body to it at times, it's like, it's, it's a living entity where every, it's almost like the thing from the thing where it's like every cell is a living organism. I mean, that's not explained at all, but that's just, that's the best I could come up with. So after he does his autopsy, Hammond is basically told by Waller that he will keep his mouth shut about this forever. And he is sent home and how, Uh, frustrated that he doesn't know how the ring works, just basically punches the lantern with it. And the moment they make contact, he immediately has his eyes white over and he starts reciting the green lantern oath as if he's always known it. Or as if the lantern has has psychically told him what it is.
0: Is that what we're supposed to uh, deduce from that? Like what? I was like, what? How
1: the fuck yeah, do you as, know this all of a sudden? As it, uh, they, they do something similar like that one more time in the movie. So it really boils down to like the ring slash lantern is psychically like teaching Connect him this. Them. Okay, fine. Right after he does this, Carol Ferris shows up and she says she wants to talk to Hal and Hal immediately says, no, we're going to go to a bar and drink and they leave back at his apartment Hector Hammond is flopping around on his bed having some sort of terrible nightmare but also sweating and obviously sick it sounds like a little orgasmic too a little bit is that what you got out of that orgasmic yes I was like like, listen I have to say out of everything in this movie Sarsgaard's like I'm in pain noises yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: they are disturbing
1: they're very disturbing he practiced that
2: yeah, yeah, it's like a different movie when he starts acting like he's in pain.
1: But he he gets up and he goes to the bathroom and realizes his eyes are yellow. Mm, that's odd. Uh Meanwhile, back at the bar, Harold, uh, Harold, Hal and Carol, Harold, 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 Harold. Uh, <laughs> Hal and Carol oh, are right, sitting there drinking. Hal apologizes for being a douche today, which apparently is not a thing he normally does. They discuss their previous relationship and why it had failed. And then Hal forces Carol to dance with him because he's a smooth guy. <laughs> Honestly, he's Van Wilder. He's as time goes Wilder. on, I think Imran's right. I think Hal's a fuck boy.
0: He's a fuck boy. Yeah, we got the <laughs> word in. All right. Okay. All
1: right.
2: We worked that hey. in.
0: <laughs> Is that the secret That's word? Good. The listener,
2: that's
0: when, you actually the safe boy, you
2: guys, when you're really getting any. that hot wax poured on your back you say fuck boy she's like oh
0: fuck boy fuck boy that's just for you millennials okay no.
2: <laughs> um
1: so as they're dancing carol wants to know why it is that hal froze up when he is falling in his plane and he immediately is like oh, oh i gotta go and storms out of the bar <laughs> And no one and doesn't and she doesn't chase him at all. Well, Dude. here's my other favorite thing. So while they're dancing in the bar, he now has this giant ass yes. ring on his finger, something that obviously Hal doesn't wear normally. And he's holding it just inches and from her face. I was gonna say he's holding her hand. Their hands are up by their face. She doesn't fucking notice. No,
0: she doesn't say anything.
1: Or if she notices, she doesn't mention it at all. Because I guess in Carol's world, it's like I mean, hey, if he wants to wear giant fucking gaudy jewelry, whatever.
0: Maybe like it's like Crackajack Jack toy. He's being silly and he's wearing no, a toy also, ring.
1: Or maybe it's stuck on his finger. <laughs> maybe he just had a ring pop. He leaves the bar and is immediately jumped by three people from Ferris Air who blame him and say that they're definitely going to lose their jobs because he's an asshole.
0: Again, and, where's the ring alert system on this time? His fucking ring sucks. Beat the
1: shit out of him. <laughs> At which point Hal decides, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna back down from this fight." And as he goes to go get back up and, and you know do his whole like, "I did hear no bell." The ring creates a giant fist that punches all three of these dudes and knocks one of them into a car, one of them over a car, and one of them through a fucking brick wall.
0: These uh, th- Did you guys feel like these were fatal injuries that they would
1: sustain from this move when you watch this? The brick wall dude is dead. That dude's dead. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, the other two, they might have had, like, cracked ribs or, you know, whatever. They, like, they could probably walk away from this. That guy's dead. That one dude is dead, yeah. Okay, so hmm. there's your kill count already. So after, after killing one man and definitely injuring two others, Hal's uh, ring starts to freak out. Surrounds him in another green energy ball and then flies him into space. Now, make sure to note that he flies by a satellite because that's going to come in handy later. And he flies through a wormhole and then blacks out. And then he wakes up and he is floating in some kind of a space womb. And it starts scanning him and then electrocuting him. (laughs) And then he blacks out. (laughs) And then Hal wakes up again. And now he's in a spiffy. CGI created Green Lantern costume. 200 million dollars and it looks like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. It looks like shit. He, he realized he I'm glad that I'm glad that Oa has mirrors so that he could see himself in his wonderful new Green Lantern costume and immediately start doing like karate poses in it. <laughs> Apparently, Hal Jordan really thinks that he is a karate master. Immediately, he then meets uh, Tama Ray, another Green Lantern, who is a bipedal fish creature. Now, this is one of my favorite moments, and I had to highlight my note about the meeting with him. Hal questions the fact that Tama Ray is a fish person. And Tama Ray says, Oh, no, I'm actually uh, whatever the hell his race was. And yeah, we might look like the, the aquatic creatures that you know from your planet. He then says that he is the uh, Green Lantern of Sector Twenty Eight Thirteen, to which Hal, like Rain Man, immediately spouts out the home of eight thousand twelve galaxies, two point three four million sentient species, and then stops and looks at me, goes, "How do I know that?" And Tomar Ray's response is, "Oh well, the the ring during the induction process would give you access, would give you access to your brain's higher functions," and basically says that it has like. A library of knowledge that it has taught you. Legitimately not even a minute later, when Tomar Ray says, Oh, and now you're here with us. Hal goes, Well, where's here? So the ring didn't fucking tell you what Oa is. And then we have to have Tomar Ray explain what Oa is, what the Green Lanterns are, what the central power battery is, and who the guardians are. He shouldn't have
2: had to explain any of that. <laughs> well, the best is that Tomar Ray led the movie off with some, uh, exposition and now they're doing the exposition over again. Like Del Howard said.
1: Yes. So now we, now we as an audience are learning this for the second time. Oh yeah. As we are also led to believe that how Jordan should already know this after being electrocuted by his ring in the space womb. <laughs> so they fly around, uh, OA as Tomar Ray is giving his exposition speech, by the way, I really hate the fact that they did the whole stupid joke of how's going to fly. And he falls and then immediately shoots back up flying through the air. <laughs> it's so predictable flipping too. It around. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think one of the things that I kind of hate about this movie is the fact that like, they build the idea that Hal Jordan as a person. And at one point, even Carol Ferris mentions it. He's the type of person where everything has always been handed to him and he's never had to work for anything. And now he gets handed the green power ring from the green lanterns. He doesn't have to work at being good at being a green lantern. <laughs> like this entire movie is just shit works out for Hal Jordan. Always.
0: Yes, yeah, He just falls into this. Either the wow. ring, pick him. Uh, but that whole falling and flying is very Berlanti. There's
2: I a- would also say, just inserting here, the the falling and then the flying, like up to this point and, and continue on the rest of the movie, this movie doesn't really understand Green Lantern all that well, so they steal a bunch of tropes from other uh, yeah. comic books. Yeah, it's movies. a lot oh, of yeah.
1: mushed together. This, this yeah. movie is just, it is a Frankenstein's monster of every superhero movie that came before it.
2: Plus Star yes. Wars. Yes. Plus, yeah,
1: plus Star Wars. So then uh, Tomar Ray takes Hal to the giant um, meeting of all the gangs that uh, uh, Sinestro is leading. So he can give his whole can you dig it speech.
0: you? <laughs> <Dude>, that's so <laughs> warriors. Yeah, there's a like warriors
1: moment. Um, and then after that, they all basically agree that, yes, we are the Green Lanterns. They all then fire their power rings into the air. So there is a giant green energy beam that just shoots off of Oa. Wakaki! Okay. I don't know where I don't know where that's going. <laughs> yeah. But wherever it's aimed, it's going to destroy
0: something. They just Whoops, we destroyed that planet. Sorry.
1: A little, and, then, little say, there, and then there goes the Hosnian system.
0: <laughs> yeah. But <then, laughs> it cuts to the
1: Force Awakens. Maybe they're like bullets and they'll fall back down on Ola. <laughs> and <then> random <laughs> kills them. Just dissipate, it's like firing your trash into the space. Uh, uh, well, we don't have a, to deal with it. So after they get done with their whole speech, now it's training time for Hal Jordan. And he is introduced to Kilowog as voiced by the late great Michael Clark Duncan. It's awesome. Uh, My favorite part
2: of this movie is Kilowog.
1: Yes. Like he's in it for maybe two minutes and he's the best thing
2: in this movie. He also looks like the blooming onion from uh, Outback Steakhouse.
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) he does. You look he looked it up. Like, he looked like Kilowog. Let me look that up.
2: Okay. It also kind of looks like the blooming onion.
1: Uh, and we, we have to make sure that everyone notices absolutely everything that Kilowog teaches Hal Jordan comes back later in the movie during the fight against Parallax. Oh, yeah, of course. So after Kilowog trains Hal Jordan for maybe 45 minutes, and even then it's like 10 minutes in the movie. But we're going to say that it was like 45 minutes to an hour in real life. Hal is then challenged by Sinestro, who is considered to be the greatest Green Lantern ever. They get into a sword fight. The sword fight's actually pretty
2: cool. Yeah, this whole sequence is actually...
1: The whole, the whole battle against Sinestro while they're doing all the constructs and everything like that is, is very well um, choreographed and really cool looking. I like
0: the whole, tr- just the training uh, was, was cool sequences. Yes,
1: like and thing. honestly, I, I, I love Mark Strong as Sinestro. Like, that was a casting choice that really worked for them.
2: Yeah, he nailed that. He looks right from the comic. I I, I was confident in Mark Strong from the get-go. I liked him a lot. So
1: after Sinestro beats Hal in their fight, he basically says, you're going to have to be stronger than that. And Hal's like,
2: but I can't, and (laughs) runs
1: away.
0: So why is he all whiny now all of a sudden? I thought you were a fucking fighter pilot,
1: you asshole. So after spending about half a day on Oa... Hal Jordan quits being a Green Lantern and goes home.
0: (laughs) This really is every superhero movie that was made up until this point. Put into one.
1: The rest of this movie is Hal Jordan just being sad and not certain he wants
2: to be a superhero. What the fuck? Because That's exactly what we want from our superheroes. Just a mopey guy.
1: And that's the problem is, is that the moment when you're really not sure you want to be a superhero, like, yeah, the cliche is it shows up in like the second of the three movies you make. You know, right. Spider-Man 2 had the it. Second, it was the whole always thing the second of the dark night. Yes. For some reason, they decided that the best thing to do for your origin movie was have have a majority of your story be your hero being like, well, I don't want to be a hero. It's tough being a hero. Ugh. And this is the like the last time we see. Oa. there really? there is a whole buildup. They explain to us what it is twice, and he spends 10 minutes of the movie on that planet. And like at this point, like this, this was the moment where like I wrote in my notes, like this movie has so much potential, but it's like every time they have a great idea, the writers are like, eh, fuck it. We're just going to do something that was already done by somebody else.
0: They could have had a great space movie on Oa. Like I, I, I I love the old, they could
2: have done that. They could have, they could have made Hal Jordan and actually Hal Jordan, but I
1: digress. They could have done so (laughs) many things. So after they do their training, Hal goes back to Earth and decides to just sit in his apartment and feel bad for himself. So we go back to Hector Hammond, who is teaching as a college professor for xenobiology. And while he's in the middle of his lecture, he starts to hear his students thoughts. And one of them is sitting there calling him a loser. So he gets mad And he uses telekinesis to throw this kid across the room.
0: (laughs) And it's your typical, like, he's wearing, like, a letterman's jacket. It's, like, your typical Flash Thompson type dude.
1: Yeah, it's legitimately, like, he calls him a loser, and then he, like, calls him out, and he's like, Chad, what did you say about me? Did you say I'm a loser? And he's like, no. And then his thought is like, whoa, this guy's a freak. And he's like, a freak! And then throws him across the room. (laughs) At which point after the class, uh, he runs off to his to his lab and starts doing tests on his own blood. And apparently it's really easy to do platelet tests on yourself and immediately get results. Wow. Because it's like within five minutes, he's looking at a like super microscope image of his blood as it's being overtaken by parallax. So then he goes to meet up with his dad, uh, Senator Hammond, Tim Robbins. Again, shouldn't be in this movie. Shouldn't
0: be in this movie, and they both look the same fucking age. How is yeah. he his father? The, What's the up with that? The problem
1: was was that for some reason, in order to make Hector Hammond just super like unapproachable, pervy and creepy, they were like, "We need to make him like the last human being on Earth you want to be in a room with." Yeah. They made him look like he is fifty.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bald, the hairline doesn't help. I'm like, how is this your? F-?
1: They're standing there next to each other, and it's just ridiculous. And it's like, I. It makes me wonder. Like, did Peter Sarsgaard say, "Like, ugly me up as much as you can," or were they like, well, you know, you're kind of a decent-looking dude. No one's gonna believe that Blake Lively wouldn't want to be with you.
2: <laughs> well, it's also the trope of like good guys look awesome like models and bad guys look like ugly people
1: yeah another movie where it is legitimately like someone who doesn't look like ryan reynolds is obviously a fucking asshole and ryan reynolds <laughs> is kind of an asshole but you know he's got those abs i gotta say he's very unrecognizable in this
0: movie like it's hard to believe that that's fucking stars because they did a good job of making him look like a pervert terrible
1: yeah yeah so he goes to meet with his dad. And basically the whole point of this scene is to show that the only reason he got to do the alien autopsy was because his dad's a senator. And I feel like this would be so much deeper in like like military and CIA like redacted files that they wouldn't just go handing this autopsy report over to random senator. Yeah. Well, he's on the board.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yes. Yes. He, he's on the board for whatever the hell it is. At which point, so now Hector's pissed that he found out that it wasn't his actual credentials that got him picked. It was because his daddy's the senator. So he leaves in a huff after hearing his dad do, you know, his dad's thoughts basically also calling him a loser and pointless.
3: But isn't that what he wanted, though? He wanted his dad to be involved in his life.
1: Yeah, I think it wasn't that he wanted his dad to be involved in his life. He wanted his dad to be proud of him instead yeah. of like just handing him. You know, opportunity after opportunity or whatever it is like he wanted dad to be proud of him because he's good at something instead of him getting to do things because daddy's important. So, OK, his dad gets the credit anyway. Yeah. Um. Uh, Sinestro takes a large group of Green Lanterns to go try and kill Parallax and they fail. And Sinestro is the only one who lives, which means he ran away.
0: Isn't this when they suddenly like. They're like, we have to send everyone. And they send like 12 lanterns. Well, no,
1: he he says that they're going to send a select group. Ah, He's like, you know, we, we're going to make a basically it's like we're going to make a committee. Yeah. So I need I need people on my away team. And so everybody except Sinestro dies <laughs> just immediately. <Yep. laughs> uh, so he goes back to the Guardians. And basically, he's like, oh, shit didn't work. We need to use a yellow ring so we can fight fear with fear. And they're like, yeah, all right, we go back to Earth, and now we are at a party at Ferris Air. Turns out that they got the government contract anyway. And I'd like to point this bit out. I was, I was actually asking my wife about this. So when Ferris Air was trying to get this military contract for the AI planes, right. they were so desperate for this contract because if they didn't get it, there were going to be massive layoffs. And I think there was even a point where they commented on possibly having to shut Ferris Air down. Right. They get the contract and now they apparently have enough money to just throw a huge fucking (laughs) block party outside of Ferris Air's hangers.
0: Just throw a decadent fucking banger. Uh, Let's throw a kegger. Now,
1: I was going to say, my wife, Lisa, her explanation, and it makes a bit of sense is this is the we're going to be rich tomorrow party. Every where, startup has done this. By where the way. it's where it's they are maxing out the credit cards to yeah. celebrate because don't worry, the checks will roll in by Friday. Yeah, we'll pay for this on Monday. Don't but worry about like, it. it. It's just like it's like it's like I can understand that. Yeah, like you said, like startups and everybody will do this. But it's like this this is a fucking manufacturing plant that <laughs> apparently has been around for decades. Yeah, what are you doing like I, I I don't know if you have like a twenty year old mentality about how money works at that point. To the point where people were beating the shit out of Hal outside of a, a, a bar. Because they were like, you're the reason we lost our jobs, Jordan. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but uh, Hal's at this party, Carol's at this party, and Hector's at this party. Because I think it's technically Hector's dad who threw it. So that means that this is a party being thrown on taxpayers' dime. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. And this is also the first time we see the three of them interact since the deleted scene of their childhood. Yeah, this is the the weird part where like we finally learn that they've all known each other forever, but it's like yeah, we, 45 I'm years. I was going to say, it's, we yeah. are here an hour into this yeah. movie, and we only now just learn these three characters have a history.
2: Oh, by the way. And none, yeah. and none of them all none of them look the same age as one another. No, like,
1: they don't either. Skarsgård
2: looks terribly older than yeah. everyone Skarsgard else. Skarsgård looks 50, <laughs> Hal yeah.
1: Jordan looks like he's in his 30s, and Blake Lively looks <laughs> like she's 17.
0: Yup, right. it's very
1: awkward. With big fake tits, yeah. so yeah. yes. Um, now, what I think is so funny is that they have the scene where Hector and Carol actually first, like, come into contact with each other. And again, they're doing everything they can to make Hector the creepiest perv in the world because they meet up. She says, oh, Hector, hi. And they hug. And while they're hugging, he deeply sniffs into her hair.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: ah, audibly yeah. is sniffing. That's the oh, movie. Most- <laughs>
0: that's your uh let me uh great shampoo yeah what is that love that
1: (laughs) and then immediately after they end the hug after they end the hug the first thing that blake lively does is apologize to hector for having his dad as his dad is that what she says because what it is is that he walks up and she's like oh hector hi and they hug and he's like oh you know i'm so excited for you and for hal and your future and it's like the two of them haven't even like interacted. I think yet at this point. No, not at uh, all. This is the first why. time. And like, so, like the and then immediately time. she's like, "Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, Hector. It couldn't have been easy growing up with your dad." And it's like, it's like, what does that have to
2: do with anything? What is this
1: conversation?
2: Well, yeah, and, that, and that's the and that's the first thing you say to someone you haven't seen in a long time. I'm sorry, things haven't worked, worked your out. Dad's your dad's a piece of shit. What? So, Hell hello. Shit yeah yeah <laughs> i how are you what Glad have you to been up you to too.
1: i heard that right. you're a teacher now like Nothing. no just immediately hey sorry your dad's a dick <laughs> that's what <laughs> i tell everyone <laughs> <laughs> uh so that hector decides that he is going to try and woo carol ferris by now bragging about the fact that he did an autopsy on an alien and immediately his father is close enough to overhear this and cuts him off and basically tells him to shut the fuck up
0: Wait, I got to mention when Hammond arrives in the helicopter, this is that party scene, right? Where if you watch the scene, this helicopter lands where there's a whole gaggle of people just, just in the right middle there. of a crowd. And, oh, and yeah. there's no downdraft at all nobody's getting blown over there's no wind the propellers you don't, are going I was gonna say,
1: you don't have people like being ushered away like clear the area for the helicopter he people lands
0: it right in the middle of people i was like, like what like, the fuck i think is he this? lands
1: it like on the stage like a foot away from the band
0: <laughs> yeah and nobody there's no wind there's no downdraft.
1: Hey, that's the way to make an entrance, right there.
0: Make. I was going to say, and here's air.
1: my question: It's a Ferris Air helicopter, so how are they not getting government contracts for that thing? Oh, that's a good point.
3: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any downdraft. It's a futuristic Fucking, helicopter. It's
1: a hovercopter. After that's done, uh, there, I think there's a quick moment where uh, Senator Hammond talks to Hal and it basically is like, "Oh, hey, Hal, you're great. I love you. I hate my son," and like walks away. <laughs> Uh, and then immediately he has to leave to go somewhere else in this magic helicopter. So as he's leaving in the helicopter, uh, Hector uses his telekinesis to shoot one of the bar taps from the bar up into the tail rotor for the helicopter. And it starts to crash.
0: It's the most ridiculous crash for a very ever. long time. It's the yeah, oh, very, I was going to say
1: that thing was maybe 10, 15 feet off the ground and it took it 10 minutes to fall.
0: Yeah. Everyone in the copter should have been dead. It doesn't touch a fucking person. None of the blades
1: get everyone. As it's coming down, everybody's running every which way. Uh, Carol gets thrown into the drum set of the band because I guess guess when everyone's first reaction is, I'm going to start tossing people left and right. (laughs) And Hal shows up as the Green Lantern, and he saves the helicopter by putting it inside of a giant Matchbox car and running it along a ramp.
0: Ah, the Matchbox
1: Brilliant car. Brilliant way to, like,
3: introduce your superhero, right? This was the big... Yeah, this is the first time
1: anybody's seen him. Yeah. Right. He um, He saves the day, he saves Carol, and then flies away. And what I love is they also show somebody recording the whole thing on their cell phone. That cell phone recording has no weight on anything. They Somebody was recording <laughs> it that, it never it comes up get, again. It doesn't get sent to the 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 news, it never comes up again. You don't have people like crowding around YouTube watching The Green Flying Man or anything like that. like, Just
3: like most of, of this I think he looked at the recording and goes,
1: this is so stupid, why would I put it anywhere? Uh, no, he looked <laughs> at it, he goes, ah, this looks fake. Fuck
0: it, I'm deleting it.
1: Shit! <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> after this happens, Hal's immediate choice is, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> And so does Hector Hammond. (laughs) Right after this huge plane, right after this huge helicopter crash, like, you know, uh, Hal doesn't try and pretend like he's still at this party. He just fucks off. And Hector just slinks away and goes home. When he gets home, he walks into his apartment and his television is already on and it's already playing the news story about the helicopter crash. Uh, That's pretty quick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And as he gets home and he is kind of upset about the fact that he didn't get to kill his father, he goes through a terribly painful transformation where his head grows like eight sizes too big. Why? It doesn't matter. Because he's got to look like the guy from Mask. And now we cut to the next day. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Moving on. So now uh, Hal's buddy Thomas shows up to the apartment, basically says dude, I totally know that you were the Green Lantern last night, and gives him the third degree about the powers. So Hal's like, all right, cool, fine, here, I'll show you. And he he pulls out the, the, the lantern, and he takes the ring, and he recharges the ring, and then he does the whole of revealing the costume to him.
0: I don't know how everyone at the party didn't figure out that fucking Hal's which, Green Lantern. To
1: which Thomas's response to seeing the costume is, whoa, green! <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then and uh, then one of my favorite lines followed by one of the worst lines in this movie is you're like a superhero hal don't they always get the girl
3: <laughs> cuz he never got <laughs> it before <anymore.
1: laughs> smash cut to carol ferris working at ferris air in her office and now it's like dusk which means that from i don't know maybe like mid afternoon until about you know early to mid evening Hal Jordan has been trying to figure out when's best time for me to just drop in on Carol. So he shows up and he's he's using, I guess, the rings power to change his voice.
2: Because just out of nowhere, his voice is modulated. Oh, it's different.
0: I didn't notice that.
1: He,
2: yeah, it is. He, I, I was under the impression he was just changing it just to. Well, he's he's speaking just like it was a joke. Yeah,
1: He's speaking in a deeper voice. Well, no, he's legitimately trying to pretend he's trying. But it's it's
2: supposed to be a joke uh, to the audience. Okay.
1: So, like, he drops his voice lower, but they also modulate it. So he's like, hello, ma'am, checking to see if you're okay. To which she immediately goes, you're Hal Jordan. <laughs> and, like, the line she says is funny. It's, it's I've seen you naked. Do you really think I wouldn't recognize you if you covered up your cheekbones? That's, uh,
0: that's, I heard that was uh, an ad lib. I'm like, sure it was. She just yeah. ad libbed that and they left it in.
3: They on. also poke fun at themselves when when he goes and shows the roommate the, the suit because he's he said uh, he... Goofs on the whole uh, car thing, the car track thing.
1: Yeah, he he's like he's like, oh, a uh, a race car track. That was the best thing you could come up with. So they do they do go a little meta in in this movie a little bit. Like this movie, I mean, I'm gonna get into it later because it's part of my big reason as to why the movie failed. But this movie, just every time they do anything, they immediately are like, don't worry, guys, we know this is stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they just undermine themselves every every step. So she immediately says, I, there's no way I, you're not Hal Jordan. I know you are. So then they go and they just, they're sitting on top of like the, uh, the control tower at Ferris air again, talking about their failed relationship. It's, it's really just him being like, well, you know, I mean, I wasn't a good boyfriend and you deserve better. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a shit. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you weren't that much of a shit, but you were and, And it's like, okay, we get it. The two of you are going to bone at some point because like they want you to. Right. So they, they finally, they go back or he brings her back, uh, to her office and he tells her about how he quit the green lantern Corps. And she basically says, Hey, uh, maybe you should just stop running away from shit. And he's like, I have to leave. And he runs away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As he flies away, we see that Hector Hammond is just like hanging out outside of Ferris Air and watches the Green Lantern fly away. Uh, And then suddenly he's back at his apartment in the next scene when the government comes to see him and Waller and two of her associates show up and they say that they have something for him to see and he needs to come with them. And when she touches him, uh, Hector watches like a 30 second slideshow of Waller's entire life. Yeah. And then immediately tell her husband like was died in some. Yeah. Place. Like her Apparently husband and kids were shot by somebody and whatever. And it, she's basically the punisher, I guess. Yeah. And then he tells her like, I can see your memories from physical contact. And she's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the point of showing us all that? Oh, it's, it comes up in the next scene. Oh, so they bring him back to the black site where his dad is. And they basically say that they tricked him into being there. Cause they basically need to, uh, do an autopsy on him to find out what the hell's happening to him. Ooh. uh, so they knock him unconscious. And then we cut to house sitting on the hood of his car, looking at his ring and just remembering Tom Ray telling him about how being a green lantern is a real responsibility. And now we're back at the black site again. <laughs> uh, Hector Hammond is strapped down on a table and we get the idea that the government workers are going to be doing experiments on him. And he uses his telekinesis to kill one of the guys and then attack everybody around him. Oh, so this was the thing I was going to mention. So the second time that we get the idea that the ring telepathically communicates with Hal is while he's sulking on top of his car. He looks at the ring and it starts flashing and his eyes turn white. And then in the next scene, he just randomly shows up at the government black site to stop Hector.
0: And, and nobody has even asked Hector, uh, dude, what's up with your head? You feeling okay? Like never no. anybody mentions it.
1: Yeah. Like they see him and his head is gigantic and they're like, huh? Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, we got to go. Uh. So, so he shows up and Hector is beating the crap out of everybody with his telekinesis. Uh, he and Hal get into a fight where Hector throws things and Hal blocks them with various things that he makes from his ring. Uh, Hector murders, Tim Timoth- uh, Tim Robbins. With uh, random flamethrower
2: arms, yeah, pretty, pretty brutally.
1: Like he, yeah. he he throws him into a ro- a room and then has two of these like robotic arms with flamethrowers on them, just aim yeah, in yeah, it and light on fire.
2: That's right. D- Doc Ock's arm tentacles make an appearance all of a sudden, <laughs> and, and, and then he cries out. like
1: a bitch. Yeah.
2: So in the <laughs> middle of them
1: doing their their fight, um, both Hector and Hal just kind of like drop from exhaustion. And uh, Hector touches Hal and sees all of his memories about becoming a Green Lantern, at which point he goes, Hal Jordan. <laughs> hi, because oh, he, he starts doing his best like Joker, yeah. because he's the only person who apparently couldn't tell it was Hal under that mask. Everybody, everybody else is, everybody, already everybody else is like, dude, it's obviously Hal Jordan. And Hector Hammond's like, who is this mystery man? I don't this is when they're lying down it's the most awkward scene. And that's the and thing weird. is like for no reason at all they both just like
2: are super tired and they're lying, just lying in the middle down, of the floor
0: facing like a, a opposite
1: fa- like what is this?
2: Well they they're, they're both like paralyzed like I, I get Hector Hammond's got a huge head yeah. so maybe he well, I can't think, like move around. but why is Hal like I think I think
1: what it was was Hal was trying to use the ring I guess to cure Hammond or something like that so he was using a lot of power and then it failed and he just like passes out
2: well i also got i think he like tried to lift his ring up and hammond like puts his ring hand right back down like with telekinesis yeah like, stop that
1: uh, but in doing this when when hammond touches him uh how suddenly is given a um uh like telepathic warning by parallax that parallax is going to come to earth and destroy it and then Hal and Hector both leave and go back to their apartments
0: how many times just like
3: alright
1: see you later I gotta go take out the garbage <laughs> okay dude see ya Ralph yeah, they, they, bye they, Sam
2: they really didn't think about transitioning no. they were like alright we need to get to the next it's point in the script So the next Let's just go. The yeah.
1: next scene is Hal sitting in his apartment with Carol and Thomas and being like this thing's gonna come to earth and destroy it and they're like well you gotta stop it Hal <laughs> And so this is the scene where Hal admits that he's afraid, and uh, Carol gives her best speech about how, oh, the ring didn't choose you because you're fearless. It chose you because you can overcome great fear. And he's like, oh, okay. And we're on to the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back to his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves his apartment. He goes back to his apartment. Uh, no, and then And then Hector is back at his apartment. Where now he is, f- again, f- thrashing around in his sleep, sweating profusely, yeah. and being told by Parallax that he needs to kill Hal Jordan.
0: He, he, Parallax is afraid of this, the new Lantern when he's just killed I the think, entire Lantern Corps? I think what
1: it is is that it's, it's like he's not afraid of Jordan. He's afraid of the fact that it's Abin Sur's ring. Oh, uh. Is the, is the
2: best I can give you. Okay, that, I guess. It's Abenser's ring, and it went to this guy. Yeah. So, this so guy
1: obviously, knows. he's, he's he like, crazy good. All right. yeah. Um, I'll buy that. So, Sinestro is on Oa, telling the Guardians that the yellow ring is complete, and they can use it against Parallax, and then Hal just, like, walks out of the shadows. Is like, you guys don't want to do that. That's a bad idea.
0: Yeah. How the fuck did he get there, and how did he know yeah. that they were talking about and, this? And, like,
1: they turn around, they're like, what are you doing here? Didn't you quit? And he's yeah. like, Yeah, but I'm back now and I'm going to be great. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so he then gives his whole, like, he gives his, his, uh, his Mr. You know, Mr. Jordan goes to Washington speech about why he needs to, their help to fight parallax. And it, I love that his explanation is like, Yeah, I quit because I'm afraid. You know why? Because I'm human. And on Earth, we have a saying, I'm only human. And it means that I'm afraid. And it's like, No,
2: it doesn't. What it, it means, means that you're flawed <laughs> 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 it's dope. and and how is this yeah, I'm say, the, uh, we're, we're to inspiration like, yeah, so we're, gonna, we're gonna back you ever. he is
1: he is giving this speech to the guardians uh, a a race of logic-based beings who have lived for thousands of years i come from a race of fuckups, <laughs> 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 right it's like, you what? don't don't let parallax destroy earth it's full of people like me who are kind of shitty
0: I just wanted one of the guardians to look over and go, yo, I think the ring fucked up this time. He's got a point.
1: (laughs) So they're all like, okay, Hal Jordan, we'll back you. And Sinestra's like, you know, you'll die fighting Parallax. He's like, yeah, but I'll die. Or he's like, you know, you can't save your planet. And he's like, I'll die trying. And Sinestra's like, go get him, Green Lantern. Like, (laughs) oh, they're friends now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because this whole time, Sinestra's like, you kind of suck and you're not worthy of being a green lantern and then Hal's like yeah but i'm gonna try i guess he's
2: like yeah you are yeah you (laughs) fucking are and they're hinting at this like trope of these people aren't worth saving but he's gonna save them anyways sort of thing it's like they're worth saving because they're
1: not perfect and it's like
2: oh yeah
1: (laughs) all right so Hal goes back to earth Um, He went to go ask the Guardians to help him stop Parallax and they basically said, sure, we will go fight him by yourself. (laughs) Uh, So he goes back to Earth and he lands at Ferris Air where Hector Hammond is waiting and he has Carol hostage and he plans to infect her with the. uh, Oh, right. Yeah, he, 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 he plans to infect her with Parallax. I forgot to mention that. When Waller brought Hector back, they said, "Oh, we realize there's a second alien uh, organism inside the one that you were working on, and we think it infected you. That's not important because it didn't go anywhere anyway, so Hal is you know he's having his his hero versus villain speech back and forth with Hector, and Hector's like, Oh, you know she she would never be with someone like me. She'd always go for someone like you, and I could never be like you, so I have to destroy you." And Hal says, well, why can't you be like me? And he takes off his ring and he offers it to Hector to use. And Hector puts the ring on and immediately knows how to use it, (laughs) except he can't use it to kill Hal. And Hal says it's because the ring has to choose you. And then immediately the energy bolt blows up and knocks Hector away, uh, which causes his telekinesis of holding Carol in place to falter. And then Hal goes and saves her. And parallax shows up right away,
0: <laughs> just out of, the, yeah. out of again, nowhere.
1: Again, busts in through a fucking window like it's party time. This guy, he's like the Kool Aid Man, fucking parallax. Well, the
2: best about the best about him showing up right away is usually it's like a villain that's very sneaky. Yeah, like just shows nope. up out of nowhere because he's he's sneaky. But this is a giant fucking cloud. It is a
1: cloud of alien
2: energy. <laughs> a shit cloud. It looks like a shit cloud.
3: Like, yeah, you know,
1: it does. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like smoke inside of water but with like urine urine right? yeah. yeah
0: it's like it's like cloud dreadlocks so it's um, like galactus had diarrhea and it became sentient
2: oh shit so um it looks like harambe non
0: <laughs>
2: take that millennials um Fuck so boy. hal
1: hal is trying no, to figure it. hal is trying to figure out what to do because he doesn't have his ring And Parallax immediately kills Hector because he has failed me for the last time, Starscream. Um, And Hector's dead. So Hal needs to get his ring, and he tells Carol to wait where she is. And as Hal goes running across the uh, hangar to go get his ring, Parallax starts attacking. So Carol decides to not stay right where she is. Runs off into another room and boots up the program so that the AI planes... Eh? remember those oh yeah and shoot at parallax because missiles hurt it i guess well that's a weird weakness um so hal gets his ring and parallax leaves and decides screw you i'm just gonna go eat people in your city <laughs> and starts flowing through the streets of insert name of city here and just starts like eating the fear skeletons out of people <laughs> Just picking random people. It's just, too, like, like, it's just like waves of people. He's like, yeah. I'm going to eat you, and I'm going to eat this guy. And then randomly. Oh, you're cool. I'm going to miss yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back Fuck to you. you later. Fuck you. Um, And so there's like this one random woman who like tripped and is laying on the ground looking at Parallax. And it turns out Parallax has like a giant head that kind of just appears out of the cloud every now and then. Yeah. And as it goes to kill this woman. Hal stops him with, like, a shield made of his uh, Green Lantern light. Uh, and now the, the following battle is one of the many boss fights of this movie. Yeah. Where Hal shows up and he, re- he uh, redirects the energy that Parallax was firing at this random civilian back, and it hits Parallax in its head. So the head retreats back into the cloud. So then Hal uses his power to shoot a tanker truck into the air and then the moment the head reappears, he blows it up. So it hurts it because it is legitimate. Yeah, you got You got to wait till you got to wait till the head yeah. shows up. It. Yeah. Like, like a video I said, game. it's yeah. a goddamn boss fight from a video game. <laughs> Only hits to the head. cow. take damage. Uh, so they fight for a little while until parallax starts like closing in on Hal Jordan and giving this whole speech. That's basically like, once I kill you, I'm going to kill your friends and I'm going to kill your family. And you're too weak to stop me. Hal Jordan, because you're a pussy. And so Hal then starts reciting the Green Lantern Oath. And this apparently is the fucking spinach to his Popeye. Yeah. (laughs) Because now he's ready to fight. Do it. (laughs) And so he punches his way through parallax and flies away into space. Goes back to his apartment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he goes back to his apartment. Um, so he flies away into space. Parallax follows him. And then they have their space battle where Hal throws a satellite at him. Remember that satellite? Yeah,
0: I remember oh. that satellite. Uh, and
1: then Hal uh, basically decides the only way to stop Parallax is he has to have it fall into our sun. Because when he was training with Kilowog, Kilowog created a tiny little sun that almost killed Hal. Whoa. What was that
0: line? The bigger they are, the faster
1: they they burn. Some shit like that, yeah. (laughs) Because he was, I guess, explaining how gravity in a star works.
0: Wouldn't the fucking ring tell you that? I mean, that's kind of basic uh, astrophysics right
1: there. So Hal flies over to the sun and basically sits there like, okay, so I like a bullfighter. When he comes at me, I'm going to get out of the way, and then he's going to fall into the sun, and everything's going to be super cool. (laughs) And so he he creates two fighter jets out of his ener- ring energy and has them strapped to his chest. So when Parallax comes barreling at him, he flies through the middle of Parallax to get behind him. He then
2: is... Slingshot. Slingshot theory. <laughs> old, good old-fashioned slingshot theory. So
1: now he's on the other side of Parallax with the sun behind the giant space poop cloud. <laughs> and he punches him with his giant uh, ring fist and punches him into the sun and parallax is dead. And so now Hal is la- is is floating there but it seems his his uh energy jets are not strong enough to get him out of the gravitational pull of the sun so Hal decides he's just going to kill himself. Yeah. And he just shrugs off the 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 harness that's holding him onto these things and starts slowly floating in towards the sun until Sinestro saves him.
2: Bro, where were you five minutes ago? And so, Sinestro. Hey, you know what? When, when you want to kill yourself, that makes up for being a complete asshole in the beginning of the movie uh, and then a complete pussy towards the middle. So- hey,
0: I got the
1: yellow ring. Redemption.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Tomar Ray,
1: Kilowog, and Sinestro all show up just in time to watch Hal kill Parallax and then stop him from dying. They all go back to Oa, where they then have a big celebration about how. Hal Jordan is the greatest lantern there ever was. <laughs> he did it. It's legitimately, it is the Ewok village party on Oa because Parallax is dead. A being that apparently none of them knew existed. That, like, that's been ago. around for millions of years and I was killed by this idiot. Uh, so that Hal then goes back to Earth. Uh, he visits Carol, does this whole quipping about how the new job's going to have me away for a while. Uh, they wind up kissing because, oh, my God, they're so in love, you guys. <laughs> and then he he tells her that the next thing he's going to do is go looking for some trouble. And that's the movie. <laughs> there
2: Ugh,
0: you go. Lame. Ends. Wow. Lame. Wow. What a fucking disappointing finale. <laughs> <sighs> Shit movie. <laughs> Good stuff.
2: After these messages,
0: we we'll be right
1: back. In gears of monstrous machines and greedy corporations. In a world of automatons and dirigibles and faster than sound skytrains. In a time out of time where the Americas weathered multiple civil wars, where armies continue to watch from the brink of the next conflict. It is a reality where witches and ghouls live among thinking machines and walking machines that resemble humans. It's a role-playing game. It's a dramatic radio adventure. It's a comedy. It's the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast, available on iTunes or at rigstories.com.
3: Hi, I'm Nuke Choss, the host of Nutty Bites. And hi, I'm Tech, Nutty's regular guest. Or antagonist. Our podcast is like a call-in show where geeks get to debate topics about speculative fiction.
1: We don't really debate.
0: Sure we do. We debate topics such as lame superpowers, the best villains, and our favorite apocalypses. We're more like rant, rave, and then have massive
3: nerd rages. People call in from all over the world, sometimes minor celebrities, and we've even had
1: some super villains show up. Do you ever notice that you never have any superheroes or good guys? I'm a good guy compared to what? Mm, antagonist, not really a guest. MattyBytes,
0: NimLast.org. The, Junk the Junk Junk and Ned podcast. podcast. Wonderful patented Ginger Geek recap, Dalhauer. That was great. Let's just get into a discussion into what the fuck happened with this movie in 2011.
1: Honestly, like the first thing that comes that I have to think is especially with the fact that this movie is written by Greg Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim and Michael Green. Like they're all people who have like some deep cuts when it comes to DC and especially later on when they like, they created the Arrowverse. Yeah. So how the fuck did they ruin this so bad?
0: Do you think they were like Warner brothers? Cause like I'm looking at when this movie came out in terms of their superhero movies. Uh, in tw- this comes out between the 2010's Jonah Hex, which also was not very good, but then the next year, Dark Knight Rises. So, Well, this,
2: this was supposed to be the movie to launch the DC universe. While the Dark Knight was kind of wrapping up. While the Dark Knight was wrapping up. Yeah, it was a weird thing, but this was the one they were looking at and like, this is going to launch our universe. And it didn't. I think the big thing, I think, I think the writing obviously is bad. I think the director didn't know Green Lantern at all, so that's why the tone is, yeah, is basically all over the place. Yeah, No. And you can tell that the director just doesn't get what the hell's going on, what what he wants the actors to be acting like or anything. Yeah. I also think they the biggest thing for me is they completely mishandled who Hal Jordan even was. Because they, they went from just complete fuckboy, as Imran would like to say, <laughs> in the beginning to basically this weird Peter Parker self-doubt thing. Yeah. When Hal Jordan is not at all that guy. Hal Jordan gets the fucking ring and looks at Sinestro in the comics and is like I'm I'm the man. He's a very straightforward
0: man. motivation which they completely miss. It's you're it's so well, it, it's
2: it's that it's that cocky like mo- cocky like suave kind of guy that like is fearless. That is, is hard to nail, and they they just didn't even want to try. Yeah. Maverick,
3: that. Top
1: Gun. yeah, they yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that um, it makes me think of is uh, Nick Wolf, my buddy, who's over on, on How Do I Jump and Geek Chorus and all that stuff. Um, he loves to say that one of the things he loves about The Flash is, The Flash is one of the few heroes who loves being a superhero. Yes. I think one of the things that I love about Green Lantern and about Hal Jordan is he's one of the few people who knows how to be a superhero. He understands that as the character, like even from the moment he gets the ring, they're like, this is a great responsibility. And he's like, okay, I have all of this power and I need to do this. Sure. Let's do it. I'm in game on. And That's, like, there's, yeah. there's almost like they never had Hal Jordan doubt himself until like
2: the fucking nineties. No. And they've always had Hal Jordan. There was always the the image of his dad, as kind of being like this guy that inspires him, he wants to be his dad basically. Yeah, that, that's that was what really great about the Jeff Johns run is at the end of that run, Hal Jordan looks in the mirror and or a kid version of Hal Jordan looks in the mirror, looks at himself and says, "Dad," because he all of a sudden notices that he is his dad, and that's the most satisfying thing. Yeah, it's not this angst that he has of I can't do this.
1: Yeah, losing oh losing his dad didn't put him into like a sense of okay. i don't know who i am because my father didn't raise me it was always he he knew his father enough that he understood who his father wanted him to be as an adult and because he lost his dad at such a young age he always had this this like almost single minded drive to be who his father knew he could be
0: yeah yeah, he's always the one that uh, w- would just do what had to be done without, you know, just jumping yeah, in. Without like
2: thinking. even well, he's in, the guy he's the guy to jump into the battle yeah, almost without. Yeah, yeah. yeah, even even being
1: a, a test pilot, be like, you know, going through the Air Force, which, by the way, it pisses me off that in this movie they make it that he is somehow a test pilot. But I'm pretty sure he even says he never made it into the Air Force. Oh, really? So, like, Uh, I don't know what, like, like, they are almost making it as if, like, Hal Jordan gets handed everything. He even gets to be a test pilot without actually being qualified.
3: That's just so wrong.
1: Um, Uh, But, like, yeah, going into the Air Force, becoming a test pilot and everything like that, he did it because he said, like, he always said to himself, this is, my father would be so proud of me for being, like, following in his footsteps. It doesn't turn him into a reckless asshole because he's like, well, I didn't grow up with a father figure.
0: It's so inconsistent.
2: I also think another thing besides tone and Hal Jordan and the people just not understanding is I thought Parallax was just a terrible villain to start off this movie with. Well, you start off a franchise,
1: especially because Parallax was something that wasn't even known in, like, the world of Green Lantern comics. Right. In 2011, he was Until Jeff Johns. Yeah. Like I'm all no, it was before Jeff Johns because they did the parallax was a whole part of him turning evil and like almost yeah, that was like the 90s, yeah. yeah. But it's it's it was this thing that no one they didn't know about it. Like it, they discovered that parallax was a thing when they realized that it was a creature that was housed inside of the central power battery because it was the entity of fear that the the guardians were trying to keep like hidden away from the universe to make. What is basically the greatest like folly of the Guardians ever to be your first villain, and it is so easily defeated. Yeah, you yeah. have nowhere to go from that. It is a,
0: yeah. a complete waste of an incredible bad not, guy. Not
2: only that, but but it, that villain was always going to be difficult to portray on screen. They should have done it. the like anti-monster. Exactly. I was, yeah, yeah. I was even actually, the Manhunters.
0: That's what I was going like, to ask. Yeah, the so the Manhunters. Who, uh, who should have been the villain? Manhunters, anti-monitor i mean you
2: could have you could have done hector hammond on his own granted you you'd have to do a different version but that villain of parallax was always going to be terrible to 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 put on screen and they went with a giant poop cloud so i think
1: if you really wanted to go with something that could be now granted this is if they decide they're going to take themselves seriously writing the movie make it sinestro make it that the first half of the movie is him being trained by Sinestro to be a green lantern. And the second half of the movie is he has to take this person who is the closest he's had to a father figure in years. And he has to defeat him.
0: Sinestro turns. Oh, that's good. Training day. Yeah. Make it a space training day. There you go. You know, you think about like guardians of the galaxy. He's dirty and how, yeah. And how they, this movie could have been, had so much potential. And for people who don't know, in the comic books, the what Par- uh, Parallax looks like is like this. He looks like a giant parasite made out of yellow energy. And in the comics, it's amazing, which is why it would have been very hard
1: to reproduce that. Well, and, and especially because in the comics, they build the idea that the only thing that could defeat Parallax was Ion, the entity of will.
0: Oh, right. Pure will.
1: So it it, it becomes the idea that if Hal Jordan can just kind of like trick him into falling into the sun Like, there's nothing that can stand in Hal Jordan's way, because apparently every enemy is fucking stupid.
0: (laughs) How about the fact that Hector Hammond dies? His character is, there's really no reason for him to be in this movie. Like, his character has no, like, redemption. There's no uh, saving grace for him. Even his death is kind of arbitrary. You
2: you know what you learn from Hector Hammond's character? You learn that when you are ugly and you are a nerd... You suck. Yeah. You're going to oh, die. Geez. You
0: know what? You will learn yeah, the he, harsh lessons of life. Thing. It would have been
3: cool if like he got the energy and became handsome. But instead they made him Rocky yeah. Dennis. You know,
1: it it's oh, see they could have done. They even could have done an Iron Man three and had it that when he got the energy of Parallax, that it's suddenly it's like, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, like, uh, Killian. Oh yeah, in in Iron Man three, where suddenly like he's he's handsome, he's handsome, and like all of his problems have been fixed, and like now women want him. Yeah, like you can have it. He's
2: he's taking the wrong lessons from having all this power. Yeah,
1: that like you know now that he has all this power and it's giving him everything he wants. Like he he thinks that okay, well now I'm going to be a good guy like Hal Jordan, and instead he just becomes a shitty person.
0: And it's another character in the comic books where look, he does have a big head, but. Again, very hard to translate without actually explaining why his head is
2: fucking big. Well, they also changed the origin to fit that he got the yellow energy. That's not Hector. No, uh, it's all forced. Also, what I didn't like, like, I understand that he met Blake Lively.
0: They fell in love, whatever. I, they, I don't – there's no chemistry between their them. Their chemistry was it,
1: so wooden.
0: It's so horrible. Like how did you guys get married after this? I don't buy for
1: a second any of their chemistry or that she's I a fighter I, pilot. I think the problem is is that in real life – Blake Lively and and um, Ryan Reynolds have very similar personalities Uh. so as actual people they get along great but because her character was so not Blake Lively yeah it was him being himself versus her trying to play a character that has absolutely no characterization to it
0: and that's why like the best line is the one she ad-libs about seeing him naked Uh.
1: exactly like the only time her character is a character is when she is playing it on her own instead of following the script where her lines are be the girl who's in love with him
0: i never never really liked the blake lively
2: i don't know i kind of want to see the shallows but Rugboy mentioned that like right away knowing when ryan reynolds was cast that this was gonna suck did you guys did imran or you matt think uh reynolds was a good fit when you heard he was cast in honestly i did and that's only because when the movie came out i didn't know shit about green
1: lantern yeah okay when i went to go see this movie i saw it with a group of my friends and one of them was like oh dude green lanterns like one of my favorite comics i'm like i don't know anything about it so we spent the 20 minutes we were in the theater before it started and he was giving me the whole rundown of like the spectrum of lanterns and you know the different green lanterns that have been there and like the most i knew was john stewart from the justice league cartoon right so when they were like oh how they're like oh ryan reynolds is gonna be i'm like yeah i like ryan reynolds i'll see that
2: yeah, I thought this was supposed to be the role to make Ryan Reynolds a blockbuster star, um, which obviously didn't work. But Deadpool would come on later. Um, but I th- I thought Ryan Reynolds could not you know, handle the, the cockiness. I didn't realize up until this film that Ryan Reynolds couldn't play much more than just being Ryan Reynolds. Than being himself, yeah. He
0: doesn't, yeah. Uh, that's that's why Deadpool and, works and, and, for him. It,
2: yes. Exactly. And, and then the script asked for him to be... Uh, pussy. And that's just not Ryan Reynolds. So that makes this painful to watch. Well, and I think the problem is I would not doubt it if the character
1: and whatever they wrote immediately changed when Ryan Reynolds came on because they were probably like, oh, OK, well, we've got Ryan Reynolds. Make you know, it he's, more Ryan Reynolds. He's got sex appeal. So let's play up on that. Like he's a womanizer and like does this and like he's real like in, in their idea of like he's reckless because like he just doesn't have his shit together instead of it being like, he's reckless because he is overconfident in himself.
2: Always. That was quite disappointing. I was, I was very disappointed to see that Ryan Reynolds could not uh, be the Hal Jordan. I was expecting. I
0: I didn't like when I I remember when it was announced, it didn't really occur to me, but I have a weird relationship with this movie because this was the time when Anthony, you told me you got to read all the screen lantern shit. So I went back and I read pretty much Jeff John's entire run and caught up. And I was like, this is amazing. I was then pumped to watch this movie. And so I watched it in two halves. I watched the first half of it one day and it was late. And I was like, "Uh, "Huh, that's not bad. And it was all up until, Oa. I was like, I don't care why people hate this movie. And the next day I watched the second half and I'm like, Oh, I get it now. Uh, This fucking movie fell apart, but
1: I enjoyed the first half of it. Everything about this movie feels like it was written By a first-time screenwriter coming out of film school. Ah, yeah. Because everything that happens, like every scene, every event, it doesn't happen naturally. There's no organic movement of character or story. It's just... Well, we need to get this moment to happen. So they're there and it happens. <laughs> Let's just go there. It's why, like we said, every time that they didn't know what to do, suddenly a character's just back at their apartment because they're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, they're all sitting around in Hal's apartment wondering what to do next. It's like, oh, OK. It's almost what like did you a- guys
2: think about a space movie being what? Seventy five percent of the movie set on Earth, a space character. Some of the best stuff, in my opinion, was on Oa. And that's the thing. It's why I said I'm so pissed that they spent so little time on Oa
1: because I get that it costs so much money for them to build an entire world at a CGI, but that is where a good 50% of your movie should be taking place. Yes. I'd yeah,
3: like absolutely. to see some alien planets and alien cities and yeah. stuff like that. In You're spending $5 million. Dollars.
1: What, I think, what I think you could do is... Because they're building on this idea that the Green Lanterns are like the police of the universe and they're like, you know, the, the, the soldiers basically that are, they're carrying out, you know, the, the, the will of whatever you can have it be that he gets to Oa, he goes through his training and then he and Sinestro have to go off and they have to go do something on a planet where like they, they're taking care of a problem and you can have fucking like space battles You Like, you know, they're getting into fights in space. You could have them doing, like, ground warfare on an alien planet where they have to try and quell some kind of uprising or something like that. Like, you have a lot of awesome shit that you can do, and instead you have Ryan Reynolds looking forlorn while sitting on his Dodge Challenger.
0: Just looking at his ring.
1: Because they got to create a
3: love story to try and appeal to a broader audience.
1: It's because, yeah, because to their idea, instead of trying to Show you like the world of being an intergalactic superhero through the eyes of a human, which is easy to do, yeah, they're like, well, no one's gonna care about him if we don't have a pretty girl fall in love with him.
0: I would have loved to have seen him pounding around with some other lanterns, maybe the bar on Oa, what does that look like? uh you could have done like a space buddy cop adventure uh, Well, you could have so done many- with
2: you could have done some some adventures with Sinestro, and that could have been some of your action scenes towards the beginning and middle of the film, especially in the middle. But then you could have had where they go to these planets and people are cowering in fear whenever they see Sinestro and you're like, what the fuck is up? Like, what is, what is the deal with Sinestro? And you could see that he's not the nicest lantern. He's got, he's kind of a dubious lantern at best. Yeah. His motives are yeah. immediately
1: from there. Like the easiest thing you do. Okay. So people are afraid of, of Sinestro. Why is that? Well, maybe things aren't like, you know, the way we think they are. So Hal goes to talk to the guardians? they've realized that something's going on with Sinestro. He knows that they're onto him, so he decides his best bet, go to Earth and destroy it so he can fuck up Hal. Now you can set your final battle on Earth while Hal is fighting his greatest friend, who's now his greatest
2: enemy. I just came up with that.
1: Why I know, is that I better?
2: See, I want to see that movie. How hard is that to come and, up with? And if you wanted to build to something, you could have had, like, Sinestro could have saved Hal and they could have been best friends, but if you wanted to build some to something, you could have hinted at the end when he defeats Sinestro, like a yellow flash a lot across Sinestro's pupils or something like that. Oh yeah. Like, oh, the fear thing. That's why he's fucked up. There, done. This, you're right. <laughs> the,
0: the, the script is, but instead so...
2: <laughs> this movie ends with a cut scene where Sinestro just goes along and is like, fucking, I'm building a yellow ring anyways, and puts it on. And he's like, I'm evil now. Oh, that's right. We forgot to mention the post credit scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh,
1: yeah. I'm I'm sorry that I didn't mention that because the moment the credits ran, I was like, good.
0: (laughs) And I mean, again, you know, you forget this was like the Marvel movies were just starting to connect these movies. And they're like, well, where are you just going to do? It's like they started out trying to do the same thing.
1: Was this the first DC movie and like only one until Suicide Squad to go
2: doing a post credits sequence? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This was and this, like I said, this was in the summer where you had Thor. Especially, I'll, I'll I'll put these three. You had Thor, this one, and Captain America. All these white male, handsome leads going at it, and they You're were right. all like in a row. It was, I think, Thor came bro, out yeah. in May. This came out was in June, May. and yep. then Captain America I mean, was in Captain July. Was July, exactly. So you had all this competition, and you had hot male leads going in on it. I mean, I mean, Chris Evans and Robert Re- uh, Ryan Reynolds at this point, basically the same guy interchangeable at this point mm-hmm. on story. paper. So yeah, this both, movie both, was
0: yeah, both a white, like a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you got him. We got him. Like the on Chris paper, Evans was yeah. able to
2: display a different side of his acting where Ryan Reynolds was able to display that he can't do what they ask of him. He just can be Ryan Reynolds.
1: Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. When Chris Evans started, he was another Ryan Reynolds. And then they were like, well, what if we have you play captain America? He's like, all right, fine. I'll do it. And he showed, well, I'm an actor. I can play characters. And right. Ryan Reynolds was like, well, you're going to play Hal Jordan. Well, no, I'm going to play Ryan Reynolds. And they're like, yeah, all right. All Man. right, well,
2: here's the script. So I mean, all right. Yeah.
1: So, I have a little bit of backstory okay. into going into how they'd gotten to production for this movie. So WB and DC wanted to make a Green Lantern movie since 1997, Whoa! which we remember to be the dreaded year of Batman and Robin.
0: Oh, oh that's right. Our last what the fuck happened. <laughs>
1: Um, when they originally wanted to do it, they offered Kevin Smith the chance to write the movie for them. Uh, Kevin Smith had just gotten finished writing the never seen, never made Superman lives at this Uh. point. Um, and he turned it down because he said there, he doesn't really know much about Green Lantern and there are definitely better people who could do it.
0: He could have shit out a better movie than this without even thinking about uh, it.
1: Honestly, yes. Wow. I, I even not knowing shit about Green Lantern, if Kevin Smith had taken a weekend to read a few comic books, yes, he, he yes. probably could have put out a better movie. The problem oh. is it's 1997, uh. so it would have been pre-Jeff John's Green Lantern.
0: Oh, this was in 97. They approached him. Ah, so it would have been different. Yeah.
1: Um. They apparently also tried to secure Quentin Tarantino for what? a movie of Green Lantern at some point, and Whoa. I don't think that ever made it past them wishing. <laughs>
0: He just can't laughed it. it off. Wow, a Tarantino lantern, huh? I, I don't even know what
1: that would be. I, 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 it would I, be I, so pretentious. <laughs> film, film nerds would come so hard over that. You know what they call shakes on Oa? Uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was gonna say I can't wait for I can't wait for the scene where we have some random alien woman and we get a close up of her feet. <laughs> But after so, they they were trying to shop around to do a Green Lantern movie. And then I think Batman and Robin happened and DC and Warner Brothers were like, well, we're fucked. And everything just shut down. Now, it was now at the time what they were looking for was WB wanted the movie to be an action comedy film. Yeah. And I guess that they were married to that idea for a while because they didn't do anything until about 2004 uh, when Robert Smigel, who many may remember from doing such wonderful things as the ambiguously gay duo cartoon on oh. Saturday Night Live, he's Triumph, right? He, yeah, yeah, he's also he's also Triumph, he's the insult trium- comic dog. Yeah, uh, he's he a rock wrote, boy's idol. <laughs> he wrote a version of a Green Lantern movie that would have starred Jack Black as Kyle Rayner, oh one God. of the later Green Lanterns.
0: What? Uh, yeah, he's the art, wow. the he was, Kyle was like the art, the graphic designer. He was, he was
1: the graphic designer artist who became a Green Lantern after Hal Jordan went crazy and turned evil.
0: And killed everyone and then disappeared and whatever.
1: This movie got scrapped pretty quickly. Wow. Um, and Warner Brothers and DC decided maybe to get rid of the comedy aspect of making a Green Lantern movie.
0: Uh, okay. Maybe they were thinking a Green Hornet and they got
1: confused. And maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But uh, so they didn't really do anything until about 2007 when uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say little known just because I'm not much of a stage like like plays and musical fan. Yeah, but a uh, little known actor, writer of stage and screen Corey Reynolds ah. came to WB saying he wanted to make a trilogy of Green Lantern films based around Jon Stewart, the ah. Black Green Lantern, as so many people tend to know him as, that Reynolds would have written and starred in. He even wrote a script for the first movie that he called Green Lantern Birth of a Hero, and WB liked it so much they greenlit it to be released in 2010. Wow. And then two months later, completely trashed it.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: I don't know what Corey Reynolds did, but it had to have been something bad because wow. they it, they were to the point where they're like, yeah, we're totally going to make this movie. And then like two minutes, they were like, yeah, we're not going to fucking make this movie.
0: Ew. Instead, they made Jonah Hex in 2010.
1: Blech. So um, at this point, they then brought on Berlanti and they gave him the director's job for Green Lantern. Oh, and he said that he would make the movie if he was able to bring Guggenheim and Green with him to co-write it. hmm. And they started working on a script. Uh, Berlanti has said in interviews that their inspiration were the 1970s Silver Age comics of Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. But at the same time, I believe it was Green who brought Jeff Johns's work with Secret Origins and Darkest Night to their attention. To which... Uh, Berlenti said that that was when they started using secret origin to help them kind of make like a modern day version of Hal Jordan's origin. Yeah. Where he noticed the inconsistency of Abin Sur being in a ship. Yeah. Didn't decide to change it for the movie.
0: Nope. He's like, we're following the source material.
1: So, um, basically after that was, uh, Berlenti was set to direct it all the way up until about a year before they started production. When Warner Brothers pulled him off of the director's job for it, and they wanted him to make uh, a movie called So This Is Where I Leave You, which I don't know it. I know the name. I don't know what the hell the movie is. I could look it up, but I don't care. It sounds like a fucking shitty rom-com. And they decided to stick Martin Campbell on directing Green Lantern. Martin Campbell, who has done action films, as we said, like GoldenEye and Casino Royale, but as we can all assume, didn't know shit about Green Lantern. (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Um, in, in an interview with MTV, uh, Campbell stated that doing the visual effects for the movie were daunting and the process itself in the fact that they had about 1300 visual shots in the movie was mind blowing. Wow. Which means he basically sat there going, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He probably never had to work with that much special effects either.
1: Uh, two months before the movie was set to come out in June of 2011 was when they started doing the voiceover work for characters like Kilowog, Toma Ray, and, uh, well, no, they had Mark Strong on set because they legitimately had him in makeup and stuff for the movie.
0: Did you guys get, like, a Marlon Brando vibe from uh, Jeffrey Rush a little bit? Oh, yeah. Right?
1: He's just doing Brando. It was at this point, they were two months before the movie was supposed to come out, and that was when they decided to pump another $9 million into the special effects. Oh, fuck. Um, But wow. yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I've found so far for the movie itself. Uh, the, the, other, the other statistic I found was that uh, after the first day of the movie being in theaters, ticket sales dropped 22%. Wow. And after the first week, it dropped 66
0: Well, I mean, nobody really knew, like, mass audience had no idea what, who Green Lantern is at this time, I don't think. No,
1: no, and that's, that's part of the thing was, while he was going through a bit of a renaissance in the way of the comic books, no one outside of actual DC comic readers probably knew who the fuck Green Lantern was. Nope. I mean, like, the most you probably knew would have been anyone who had seen, like, the Justice League cartoon. Yeah. And even then it wasn't the same it's green the lantern.
0: lantern i can kind of see how they were looking at iron man you know a couple years earlier and they're like well this batman thing's wrapping up we should find a fucking another third tier character
1: and pull an iron man yeah every everything about this movie when i watch it to me is a mixture of dc attempting to follow the marvel palette or yeah. template yeah um, But at the same time, being really, really afraid of doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, it's very tentative. Like you could tell they were afraid to put more Oa and more space shit, and they were like, "We got to get this back to Earth."
1: And apparently, I think what it is also is DC saw that they were having a real renaissance with Green Lantern in the comics, and Jeff Johns was doing a lot of work to make the character meaningful again to comic readers. So they saw it as something that was so popular at the moment that obviously a Green Lantern movie would make money to the point where Ryan Reynolds had said that when he went in to go audition for the movie, he and anyone else who auditioned for the role of Hal Jordan were not given a script because there wasn't a script yet.
3: Oh,
0: Jesus I Christ. believe that. <laughs>
3: oh, no. But the thing is, I think that the biggest mistake with this movie is that they tried to make a superhero movie and Green Lantern's not a superhero per se. All right. He gets into a situation where he helps other superheroes,
0: but he's a space cop. That's what he is. Cop or part of like the, a soldier.
1: Yeah. yeah. Part, of the, part of the issue that I, I kind of saw with the movie and that I, I've been thinking for a while about when it comes to adapting Green Lantern to either TV or movies or whatever is. There are times where Green Lantern can work as a standalone story and a standalone character. Yeah. And it's never on Earth. Yep. Some of the greatest Green Lantern stories either occur in space yep. or they involve the Justice League. Yeah, Ruggs, I think
0: you said the same thing the other show. You were like, all they got to do is you got Green Lantern doing his space cop shit. And then every once in a while, his fucking Justice League uh, watch lights up and he's got to go help him out. And then when he's done there, he goes back to patrolling his sector. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't, they doesn't the whole movie doesn't need to take place on Earth. There shouldn't be anything on Earth. You, no. You,
3: you, don't have to, you don't have to address Earth at all. He's yep. just Green Lantern. He's one of the Green Lanterns. And you could go flashbacks, you know, to him becoming the Green Lantern. And then you're off and running. You're, you should be world-building Oa in, on, in, in the space universe.
0: That would have been great if they started with him in space and then the flashback, they tell you. But, you know, the whole point is he realizes he's. this is bigger than Earth. He has a responsibility that's far greater than just one little planet now. And yeah, the whole movie should be in space. But Guardians of the Galaxy,
3: you start off. You know, in space, and then you go back and you find out all the stuff that he's from Earth and all that other shit. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, yeah, can we just talk about the suit for a second? Because it's so it bothers me so much watching this movie. His fucking mask, two hundred million dollars, and you watch it
1: move around his face. It's fucking
0: floating around. It's the most horrible CGI compositing. Whatever the fuck. Who it's, thought that was going to be good? It looks like it's painted on, and it's moving, and I'm like, that's just a bad fucking job right there. I, I think they the problem seen seen is, that I'm is like, that too, not doing that.
1: The movie has so many things on it that, on paper, yeah. sound like an awesome idea. Yes. You know, whether it's having Ryan Reynolds in it, or it's, you know... Having this the entire suit be CGI because it's supposed to be energy coming from the ring. Oh, why? Yeah, I get it. Like that's that's an idea, and it sounds awesome. But in the execution, it fucking does not work. I would have just I would have been happy with a who working on this movie saw the first composite of Ryan Reynolds with the green screen suit on and didn't immediately go, "Oh, we're screwed."
3: They did that for Iron Man, and they just wanted to ape it because Iron Man did that first. Yeah. But Iron Man did
1: it properly. Yeah. Like the the thing was with the Iron Man suit was when the, when the face shield went down, it was a hundred percent CGI. So you could easily be like, all right, I buy the fact that there's somebody inside that suit, but because I don't constantly like there are moments in Iron Man two, when he has the helmet up and you see his face and you can tell, yeah, this is CGI. Yeah. But Uh. it's not long enough and it's not so prominent that you're like, Oh, God, I have to look at this all the time.
0: But, the, you know, the design of that character also helps the fact that you're CGI in kind of actual real world material, like polished metal. Oh, so absolutely. You, or the it, fact
1: that even if even if they do have a CGI suit and at times they have a CGI moment where his face is on it. Yeah. They also built practical suits for him to wear in sure. hero shots. Yep. So it didn't look like fucking CGI.
0: This suit make no sense. I really would have been fine with just a cloth suit. Like, it's in the comic books. What's wrong with that? The ring makes a cloth suit. It makes sense. This is what you would think, you know, if you were from Earth. Like, it should make suits based on what planet and what experience you've come with. Yeah, but, I mean, Hollywood's got the most talented people in the world. They could come up with all kinds of shit that's practical that would work. Yeah. Oh, man, that, it, that suit really pulls you out of the movie
1: like you can't help it. It's just so glaring. And especially when things like Oa looks fucking amazing. Yeah. The yeah. alien creatures look fucking Tomar amazing. Omar
0: Ray looked great. His suit looked great. He had scales. He's a fish guy. Yeah,
1: we it, get gonna, it. And that's the thing is like because the entire creature is CGI, the CGI suit looks yeah. fine. Yeah. How did
0: they film that? Was he like he was he just wearing a green fucking suit? Green I think it was. Suit?
1: I think it was exactly like they did for for Iron Man. It was the the black and white checkerboard oh, like, belts the, and stuff that uh, he had on.
0: Uh. with the mocap uh, whatever. Bull-bulls. Yes. Ugh, I hate it. Like, well, I just wanted like a practical, you know, domino mask. It's just fucking. Ugh. I didn't like how they handled the powers. That that's what really I. I hated more than even the suit. Well, what did you want to see? I mean, he was making constructs that look like things like that's kind of what I
3: expected the racetrack and the car. I mean, that's your opening thing. And (laughs) then you go back and you joke about how lame that was like, (laughs) all right, come on. Like you got to up your game. You're you're doing a movie and you got to think of something that's going to at least look cool and not like you're going to burst into laughter when you see this is what he does. Unless you're deliberately trying to make it a comedy.
0: It's almost like the mask at times. Jim Carrey's mask.
1: Yeah, I see that, too. I think the problem that I hold with it is and this is this is a little bit more of a deep nerd cut for me, is that there is there is a time in the comics that they describe what it means to be able to make a construct as a green lantern. And part of it is that you have to have an understanding of what it is you're creating because the ring doesn't just make something for you that you don't know how to use. So, like, if you're going to build a gun, you have to know how a gun works. All the parts and how it's put together. your imagination fueling the ring into making this work.
3: Well, so he's making, like, Gatling guns. I mean, look at that. Yeah, how the fuck does he know how
1: to make this? Yeah, so when you then have it that Hal Jordan, the random BS fighter pilot, like, when he creates those jets, great, absolutely. I would believe that Hal Jordan knows how a fucking fighter jet works. Yeah. But when he's building, like like anti-aircraft guns and stuff with his ring. Yeah. You don't know how that is. And this is the beauty in the comics of the
0: different earth, uh, uh, lanterns and how the constructs they make, they put such care into doing it. Like John Stewart, military guy, he would make fucking tanks and military weapons. Well, it was uh, also
1: that John Stewart was, he was army engineer Corps. Ah, he was, so he's, a, he's an architect. He yes. knows how things work by the little pieces that come together to build them.
0: And then, like Kyle Rayner, his graphic design came through in his constructs. Yeah, so he he it?
1: had he had a lot of creativity behind what he created. Uh, J- uh, John Stewart had a lot of cold, you know, calculation and understanding Hard of structure shapes. behind it. And Hal Jordan's was basically that because he was just a fly by the seat of his pants type of dude, yeah. he just made whatever the whatever fuck came to his mind, mind and yeah. threw it at <laughs> Big you. Fist. I,
3: I think that the fact that it's so specific is what pulls me out because in the comic books, it works Yeah, because it's a comic book and they're, they're maintaining a tradition that they came up with like before anybody realized how to make something look like uh passable on screen. Right. So like, let's say for example, how, how Jordan makes a sword. It shouldn't really look like a sword. It should look like an like energy that's being fused and, and, and that he's kind of harnessing his energy and not a specific sword. I think that that's what, what, you know, when he makes a gun, it shouldn't be a specific gun. It should just be like this thing that kind of works like a gun.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, like an energy thing that works so like more, a gun.
0: So more more organic the construct should have been, you think? Or, yeah,
3: just, just less super defined. Yeah, I think the fact yeah. that
1: they're super defined and, like, you know... I think it ruins it a little bit. I huh. think even worse is the fact that like there's some things that you you know from like Green Lantern, you know, the cartoons or the, or the comics or whatever it is that are pretty iconic when it comes to it. Like making the making the bubble shield around him is a constant. That's also how he travels. It's how he flies through space. And like, yeah, it was there, but it was like the ring did it for him. Outside of that, it's also like using the ring where he legit, like how Jordan, he would shoot beams out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like it would it would basically be like a fucking laser gun, but he's just pointing the ring yep,
0: at you. Yep. And that's the other thing I missed that you, I, yeah, I don't know how it translates. Like you just said the outline. Anytime you see him in the comic books, it's just, and he's in space, there's a thin outline around him. You there's know, letting you know. Always. Yeah. And it's just, it's so he's, you know, he's in a contained field so he could go out to space. I don't know how that would look. On
1: film, whether they could pull that off, that wouldn't be hard. It legitimately, no. with all of the money they put into it for visual effects, to put a fucking green line around him—that's all have you been needed. Stupid. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. A Yeah, green outline. They, like, they
3: did it like in a uh, in Man of Steel when Feora had her like yes face shield, yes it was mm-hmm. transparent, but you could see it's around her.
0: Right, it was like a bubble around her to keep yes. the atmosphere in. Shit like that. Well, for the listener, if you haven't noticed, Anthony hasn't said anything in a while. It's because he had to leave. Oh, shit. Uh, he hated this movie so much, he walked out, he shut his browser down, and he's like, I'm out. No, he had to He had some place to be. He,
1: he demanded out. his money back.
0: He demanded he his money back it. from five years ago. I just wanted to mention that in case people are like, where's Anthony? Here's the last question, and we'll kind of wrap this whole thing up. Do you think this has ruined any chance for Green Lantern to be a popular character in the future? Because they have some plans for him and the core in general.
1: I don't think it ruins the chance for Green Lantern, but it did ruin the chance to see him earlier than we're going to, especially in terms of being part of the Justice League.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's six of them. They need a seventh. Uh, we read that rumor a couple episodes ago that he may show up at the very end of Justice League
1: to fill the they, seventh spot. It can they, yeah. they plan to do the Green, the Green Lantern core movie yeah. in 2020. Yep. And there's been talks that it's going to be several of them. And honestly, it may be the better way to go because if anything, something that the comics have proved for a few years now is a great thing about the green lantern stories, especially the modern ones that they have is they have numerous green lanterns from earth now. Yeah. So you have this, um, combination of different personalities, different ideals, diff- like we were saying, you know, different styles to yeah. how they be a green lantern. And it's, it's that, that, that working off of each other is something that really works well in their storytelling. It's, I still think a character like John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, or Hal Jordan could easily carry a movie on their own. I'm not going to say Guy Gardner. Cause even though I've got my ginger pride and I got to look out for my, my redheaded brothers, <laughs> He is probably one of the worst comic book characters that's ever existed.
0: Uh, Describe what you think, Guy Gardner. So
1: so, uh, they they introduced Guy Gardner back in the 70s, and the whole concept behind Guy Gardner was he was the second Green Lantern, and he was only the second Green Lantern because – he would have been the ring's second choice if it hadn't found Hal Jordan. (laughs) He's always under his shadow. I think he, I think he was originally introduced in like an elsewhere story or an elseworlds story where it was a concept of what if the green lantern didn't choose Hal Jordan? And it chose Guy Gardner, literally the redheaded stepchild. He's so much. He's like a, like for for fucking decades. He had a red bowl haircut. Yeah, horrible. Just, it just looked like a fucking doofus. And um, yeah, he was in. Was it like Justice League uh, Europe or? Uh, and then there's that. I think he. Well, I think he was in, in, in Europe. I think he was part of like the Justice Society. yeah or whatever it was. So like he was, he was like, he was in the B team of the justice teams, like all of it. Um, and I think as time has gone on, they've found ways to make him more apparent and more useful in future iterations. Uh, he showed, he, he has a really awesome, uh, cameo in young justice at one point. Where, oh, oh, in
0: the cartoon? He's in there? Yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot what it one. is is that they have both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart are uh at the Justice League Tower talking with the the rest of the league, and they're trying to figure out something about new recruits for the league. And at one point they bring up a uh a hologram of Guy Gardner and they say, Well, what about Guy Gardner? And they both immediately go, No.
0: Oh, I think I and do remember it. that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just uh image search Guy Gardner. He the guy has the worst haircut and He's constantly getting punched by people because he's such an asshole. He's a punchable face. Well, Batman punches him. Hal punches him. Everybody's punching him in the face. What
1: it, what it boils down to is Guy Gardner's character is he he is a dick. <laughs>
0: he is. His whole he's thing is a dick. He,
1: he doesn't like he doesn't like the fact that he is second. He plays second banana to Hal Jordan always. Um, and the thing is, is uh, number one, I don't understand why a Green Lantern ring ever would have chose Guy Gardner. Yeah, because he is a self-absorbed douche. And also, like the only reason that he ever worked out in the comics was later on. They had it that he went undercover into the Red Lanterns. That's which was right. That rage was pretty lanterns. awesome. Yeah. And he like at one point, there's even a point where uh, Hal and Guy meet up again, and Hal's like, I'm sorry I sent you here, and Guy says, don't be. I've discovered that I belong here more than I belonged anywhere else in my life.
0: That's when I started uh, getting introduced. I was reading Green Lantern. That's like part of the New 52, and it made so much sense for him to be an undercover
1: Red Lantern. But it's like, I don't know, like, because we were talking about, you know, John is a, a an architect and, and yeah. Kyle's a, a, like a, an artist and that's how they build their constructs. Yeah, like, what are Gardner's constructs? guy? Guy Gardner is just like he's a bully. Yeah. So he and I, I legitimately think like the only constructs he ever makes are like giant fists and he just punches yeah. people. With <laughs> like, them. I don't think he's very creative with his constructs.
0: Like, he doesn't have a lot to pull from. But let's hope, yeah, I, I wouldn't be sad with not seeing Guy Gardner. You know, I saw Tyrese Gibson rumor playing Jon Stewart, you know,
1: I think from a year, a couple of years ago. So my question that I'll pose to you guys as we wrap it up is with the DCEU that they are building, who do you think they will or who would you like to have them cast as a Hal Jordan and B Kyle Rayner if they decide to bring him in?
0: Oh, hmm. Well,
1: that's weird. Why I mean,
0: Kyle I, of all people? I would think they would go John Stewart.
3: I keep going to the other Ryan, Ryan Gosling, or ah. or, or Jake Gyllenhaal. But um, ah, that's not bad because he's very cocky in his way. Jake Gyllenhaal, he, he, you know, he, when he plays a heroic character, he feels very cocky.
1: Hall, he, like, I think the problem I have is that as much as I like Jake Gyllenhaal, he is like Jared Leto light at times. I can see that. Like, if, you, if you've if you ever seen the movie Nightcrawler. Yeah. That's a movie where I legitimately said if they had put Jared Leto in this movie, it would have been the exact same film.
3: <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Um, but I, I, I love Donnie Darko. Yeah. yeah. And he's in a lot of other movies where he actually has to act and he does.
0: And when he mm-hmm. gets he gets Jack too like in Southpaw
1: he's Southpaw huge. he was good in.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean there's a bunch
3: of other young actors but I, if I was the guy who was casting this movie or and the director back in 2011 I would have tried and got Luke Bassant to do this.
1: Oh, I meant for the DCEU uh, like today. Movie, oh, about doing it Lantern. now. Oh.
3: He, ah, for space and shit like that, I don't know.
0: You need, something, you need somebody with a big chin. Rugboy, you did make a good point the other day about Joe Mangianello, how he's going to make a great death stroke, but maybe he was wasted as a death stroke. He could have been a good Hell Jordan.
3: Yeah, he is. He could He, he could be a cocky guy.
1: I think the truth is, I don't think I've ever seen Joe Mangianello without the, like, the kind of long hair and the beard. Ah, yeah. I mean, except for when he played Flash Thompson.
0: The goatee just fit, fits him, though, as uh, Slade Wilson. So I forgot that that was him in the first Spider-Man movie.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Playing
0: Flash. Like, it doesn't even look like him. Uh, I, I don't know. And Kyle Rayner, you just need, like, a dark-haired, like, uh, weird, artsy type. He can even be Asian. He doesn't have to be white. Oh, that's be, true. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is true. I, I would
3: feel like, uh, yeah, a lot of guys could play Kyle.
0: Chris um, Pine? Maybe Chris Pine for your Green Lantern? Well, he's already... Steve Trevor now. We can't put him in there.
3: Yeah. I don't know what do we got. That's uh who's up and coming and fits the Hal Jordan profile. They were talking about the guy who played, uh, the guy from, um, Serenity and, uh, Firefly. Nathan, Nathan Fillion, but he's too old now. He seems a little old for the,
1: yeah, here for- is the, here's the thing. My choice would be Nathan Fillion to play. God. Hal Jordan. Ah. And it's because in my mind, what I would think that they would do is if you want to do another uh, Green Lantern movie, have your main character be Kyle Rayner and have it be that Hal Jordan is a veteran Green Lantern. Yes. And has already gone through all of this. So you can have Nathan Fillion be an older Hal Jordan because they're already playing at the idea that like Bruce Wayne's in his fucking forties.
0: I know. And I, I, and Fillion as an older veteran, Hal Jordan is great. How, how do you explain where the fuck he's been this whole time?
1: Well, and, and the funny That's thing nice. is, play it this way. When you look at something like Flash and Arrow, they keep making mentions about like, oh, Ferris Air shut down after one of their test pilots disappeared. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He took off because being a Green Lantern means you're not on fucking Earth anymore. That's a good point. He could have
0: just been out in space this whole time. No one would have really known. Maybe the thing with like Steppenwolf and Darkseid alerts him, brings him in.
1: Yeah, and now you've got the Green Lantern Corps having to focus in on Earth because it's just become a huge hotbed of alien activity. Yeah, you know, like, and that's that's the only other issue I see is that if they make it that the Green Lantern Corps already had somebody on Earth or something like that, you know, they're going to show up when Superman's there. Like the the battle in Metropolis, like that would have gotten the Green Lantern Corps was, attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do agree. I'd like them doing the team lanterns because it'll. It'll take people mind off the solo lantern movie and take a page from guardians of the galaxy. Look how much fun they have with this team ensemble uh, and show us a space team of space
1: cops. If they're going to do all of like a big team thing, you can put guy Gardner in there if you want, because at that point you then have the hothead jackass. Right, that kind you got of, all you know, of the personalities. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, you know, Hal's always being like, you know, calm it down guys. Like, You're not my boss, Hal or whatever. <laughs> he does I work agree. great within like, the gaggle of lanterns. Yeah, he he is not he doesn't work as his own character. No. Like, no. and I think that's that's kind of the curse of Green Lantern on its own. Altogether, yeah, absolutely. They're always great as a group of lanterns or as a part of a team, but yeah. Green Lantern by himself can have some good stories, but it's it's few and far between.
0: Yeah. Show us the whole core and show us the sinestral core and other colors and other rings powered by other feelings and emotions. That'd be awesome. Yes,
1: my my last bit was going to be if they if they do Kyle Rayner, I want it to be um, Zach Efron.
0: Zach Efron as Kyle Rayner. That oh, that's actually pretty good. I like the Zach Efron after the neighbors. I was like, this guy's funny, and he's uh he's a uh, he's he's in shape and he's cut. He could play uh, a a role that you know needs that. But that's not bad. What about that? Uh, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. He's from. Um Damn
3: it! The
1: Hangover,
0: Bradley Cooper.
1: Yeah, Hal. Jordan? I could see Bradley oh. Cooper playing Hal Jordan. Actually, that wouldn't be yeah. bad.
3: Yeah, he's cocky.
1: I'm, I would be afraid that they would it would be the same thing with Ryan Reynolds, though, that they would have him just be like Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. But
3: he can act, though. He's been in. Oh, he
1: could definitely guy. act. I'm afraid that they would be like, oh, well, if we've got Bradley Cooper, he needs to be that suave, you know, ladies man kind of thing. It's like, I mean, yeah, how can get the women? But like, he's not he's not like trolling for chicks all the time. You need someone who kind of disappears into this role. And, like, and you know, in, in the comics, the big thing that they did for the longest time was how was. Desperately in love with Carol Ferris and she didn't want anything to do with him. Right. And like, granted, yeah, it was like the sixties, so it got kind of weird and rapey at times. (laughs) But like he wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna sleep with this girl and forget her name and move on.
0: It was always about Carol, like it always come back to Carol, and then you know, for her to become the star purple ring sapphire, star sapphire in the in the purple core was awesome because she kinda understood what he was going through now and they had even more uh,
1: in common. My recommendation is for anyone who wants to check out actually uh, good Green Lantern stories, just about anything written by Jeff Johns, especially Green Lantern Rebirth. Absolutely. And that's, that's the one from like 2008, not the one that just happened now.
0: Oh, yeah. That's going to get confusing because they did a – well, and that Rebirth is kind of what was the predecessor to them doing the site-wide Rebirth. He did a – he rebirthed Flash. Did he do Flash afterwards?
1: I think he did flash too. Yeah, he did. um, No, he did flash first. He did the flash. Barry Allen was
0: back when
1: they brought back Hal Jordan.
0: That's right. He did the flash first, brings back Barry Allen. Then he does green lantern, rebirth, brings back Hal Jordan. And then, you know, just this year, he's like, yeah, we'll rebirth the whole thing, but definitely check out Jeff Johns run from 2011 ish. And earlier, uh, all the way through to blackest night and brightest day, and uh, it's it's so good. It's so satisfying.
1: The the other thing I recommend is of the recent rebirth comics, um, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which is the longest title of a comic I've ever read. Yeah, um, so far is pretty good. Oh, really? But I, okay. I really recommend the one called Green Lanterns. Is that it? Is that's the buddy cop comedy of the newest Lanterns, Jessica Cruz yes. and uh, Simon Baz. Patrolling Earth when the rest of the Green Lantern Corps is gone.
0: Dude, they're awesome. We didn't even discuss this. What about introducing these guys into the DCU on screen? I love Simon Baz. He's a Muslim Middle Eastern Green Lantern. Oh, shit. And Jessica Cruz, uh, another minority.
1: He is a a Muslim Middle Eastern Green Lantern who gained his ring uh, when he was imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay under false terrorist uh, charges. He's got like prison tats and shit. He's awesome. And he is the only Green Lantern that carries a gun on him. <laughs> oh,
0: that's right. Because that's just, he's like a gangster. And I that's remember, what used to.
1: I remember how oh, many he has an were, actual
0: gun, not a construct. Yes. It's a oh, he has, he gun. has a
1: gun on that's him. Right, and I remember right. so many people being so pissed off when they first introduced his character, not because he was Middle Eastern, but because it was a Green Lantern carrying a pistol.
0: I mean you may, you carry a pistol or you make a pistol what's the difference it's the same thing
1: Well and the funny thing is is that they give him a pretty a pretty good explanation because like I think two or three times now in this uh new run the ring fails they made a comment and they're like they're like why do you carry a gun on you and he goes cuz what the hell are you going to do if the ring can't work
0: Right if you lose the ring or the ring fails I I love uh I love Simon Bez and Jessica Cruz is crazy how she she became the green lantern.
1: She is also one of my favorite characters because her whole thing was that she was in agoraphobic dealing with an anxiety disorder, very insecure, who who had stayed basically locked away in her apartment for months And then finally decided to leave. And the ring recognized her overcoming her anxiety as being able to overcome great fear and having a uh, inner capability of strong will. But
0: this is the opposite Earth 2 ring, isn't it? From the crime syndicate's
1: uh, power
0: ring. Who's kind of like a sleazy, seductive like uh ring uh Well no, I think
1: I think I think it was when they were going through fifty two and they first introduced her, I think they gave her a legitimate Green Lantern ring now. Oh, then they give her a real one. Okay but it's like so far throughout the whole story. It's she it's basically she's Murtaugh and Baz is Riggs. That's
0: awesome. I, that one I do. I love those characters
1: because it's her constantly questioning herself and wondering why is she a green lantern? Because she has an anxiety disorder and she's, she's not a strong person. And it's Simon Baz just being fucking batshit insane.
0: And like in the, in the, I've been reading the justice league rebirth and they're both, they're so great together because they're both like, you got this. And it's like, I got this. They're both like, Uh, And that's that's the funny thing is it's it's interesting.
1: It's interesting to see the back and forth. Where with Justice League, it's the two of them working together as a team, finally, and then in Green Lanterns, it's the two of them hating the fact that they have to work
0: together. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's like you know,
1: it's like Jesse's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm finally gonna make a construct, and I'm gonna be able to do this. And then suddenly you see like Baz come like barreling in, and an armored car he made out (laughs) of a construct, just just like running people down with it. And he's like, I got this. Get in. We're leaving. (laughs) Wow, that
0: would make a great movie. Maybe we get to see them sooner than later. They're very new characters. Have you guys seen the animated versions? Yes, that is another if you're looking for good Green Lantern content aside from those comics. There's, like,
3: two cartoons, and then there's a TV show that got canceled
0: for some reason. They wait, did
1: the Green Lantern cartoon show that came out around the time the movie did.
0: That was the that CGI was the, one. That's very good. And
1: they also had the movie uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights that came out around the same time as wait, well, which is what, very good. And that had uh, Nathan Fillion voicing Hal Jordan.
0: Wait a minute. This is a DC animated feature? I don't think I've
3: ever seen yeah, this one. it's really good. It's, it's, it, it, that's what the sh- – the movie should have been that. Yeah. Because it was really entertaining, and it's, it was
1: upsetting because when they when they were making the movie, they planned on doing a series of Green Lantern animated movies to tie in with it. But because the movie bombed, they only made Emerald Knights and then just trashed the rest of them and said, "Fuck it, we're moving on."
0: Oh no, Henry Rollins! Another one, but I don't, I didn't see it. Rollins as Kilowog in this, but this came out in 2011. Also, I don't understand, dude. Like I said the, b- before, the Suicide Squad attack on Arkham animated movie is a way better movie than the live action. Like, why don't they use because these and left movies? alone to make the movie? Yeah,
3: no, yeah. there's no it's studio in a because the
1: studio isn't barreling down on them. And- and it's not so much money being poured into uh, it. They're like, hey, uh, make a movie to tie into this later.
0: You agree, but Green and Guggenheim wrote this one, too. They water it down and they broaden
3: it for the audience. And that's when you get all the fuck ups.
1: And that's, and that's the thing is with the animated movies, they know it's going to be like the fan base that's going to watch it. Like, you're not going to have some right. random dude at a movie theater be like, oh, you know, or like some, I guess, I don't know, was Blockbuster a thing in 2011 anymore? Mm, I don't know. They're not going to yeah, be, I be like, wandering around place like, Wander oh, why don't we watch this animated movie about Green Lantern? Like, whereas you could have random jagoffs wandering in the movie theater. Be like, we want to see that uh, Ryan Reynolds superhero movie.
0: <laughs> why do they interfere? It's like they learn nothing with their experience from with Nolan and the Dark here. Knight.
3: They just want you to show up to the theater. They yeah. don't really care. They want people to show up the first weekend and then that way they make the most money. They're going to do that now that they have a global market. They're not going to give a shit anymore about anything.
1: Oh, no. Transformers ruined it for everybody. Uh, yeah. I mean, granted it is, you know, it was going downhill since the nineties with again, Michael Bay and blockbusters, but ever since transformers proved that you don't have to have a coherent story for the Chinese to just go pouring into theaters and see it for like months and months, Yep, doesn't matter anymore.
0: Well, look, maybe we'll see our green lantern at the end of justice league. We're definitely going to see him by 2020. If they remain on this track to do green lantern core.
1: Oh, and I also know back to that, that thing real quick. Yeah. That the running rumor of the most likely person to play Hal Jordan. Yes. Is apparently everyone thinks it's going to end up being Matt Damon. Oh,
0: (laughs) oh, because of the Ben Affleck thing. You know what?
1: But also because he he is like Warner Brothers go to boy for anything that's not DC related.
0: That's uh, him doing it. Yeah. They got uh, born as Warner Brothers, right?
1: Born as Warner Brothers. Yeah. Martian was Warner uh, Brothers. That's all Warner Brothers.
0: I, you know what? I would not I would be all right. He. I think he would do a decent job. He seems a little short, but other than that. Yeah, but Hal Jordan doesn't have to be big.
1: No. And at the same time, movies can make people look Even like giants. Look
0: at uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, six feet in every movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: every, everybody has to be like two yards. Like he has to be two yards closer to the camera than everyone else. So that they all look <laughs> like they're looking him in the, in the eye. Worst
0: perspective. It's like the shot where you're pretending to hold up the Eiffel Tower. Or are you leaning on the Eiffel Tower when you go to it's Paris? It's the
1: complete opposite of how they made the Hobbits work.
0: <laughs> they just make them look bigger. Oh, man, this is great. Dollhower, I got to thank you for all the research and time and for sitting through this goddamn movie again
1: uh, for I'll, our enjoyment. I'll say this. It wasn't Fantastic Four.
0: It wasn't. That one is uh, true <laughs> torture. Speaking of Fantastic Four, listener, if you like this kind of show, if you're a fan of shows like How Did This Get Made and, and Deconstructing Shitty Movies... Uh, I'm going to work backwards. This is what you should check out. You should check out uh, episode 109 where we give Batman and Robin 1997 the same treatment. Then check out episode 75, which is what the fuck happened to Fantastic Four 2015. That's a great one. And this whole thing started way back in episode 41 uh, with Spider-Man 3. So we've done two Marvel, two DC. The playing field is level. Listener, you send us an email or a tweet. Let us know what you want us to do next. Where do we go from here? Where we've got a good balance? Do we do like an independent hero shitty movie? Or do we go back to a Marvel one since it's kind of Hancock. Hancock could be fun where that's technically there's no there's no source material
1: for that one, is there? No, no. Yeah, that was that was like a completely original superhero story. Uh oh, th- that, that could oh, wait no, can we not do that? Because then that means that means <laughs> movies like my super ex-girlfriend I was suddenly just come into play. About <laughs> oh, that, no,
0: yeah, with, right. That's with Uma Thurman, right? Where she's the yeah, girlfriend.
3: Yeah. I, I was talking told- Ninja Turtles, the first Ninja Turtles movie that just came
1: out. That could be a good yeah, one. We I could do that too. That's that's technically a comic book movie.
3: Because that was bad, in my opinion. They oh, changed okay. a lot of shit around that they, they fuck with the the
1: formula a little bit. You know, that's funny? I did a review of that movie for a website. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll be like, I'll probably just go back and reread my review that's and be like, yeah, that's why I fucking hated it.
0: Look, send us an email, show at jockandnerd.com, listener, or tweet at jockandnerdcast. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we're going to continue to do these every every so often because they're so much fun. Terrific. Uh, before we peace out, I got to uh, say thank you to Brett Z- Zavka. I can't get his name right. He is one of our awesome listeners who supports us. At, on Patreon. He's a member of our exclusive fan club and he just increased his pledge. Oh shit! How awesome oh. is that? The first guy, he is pledging more money and Brett, we can't thank you enough. Uh, also want to thank uh, David Zika. Check out Zika's viral comics on eBay. Jimmy McPike, Jesse Looney, a place to hang your cape, Philip Milan for being awesome members of our Jock and Nerd fan club that you can find at jockandnerd.com slash For as little as a dollar a month, you'll become a member where you're going to get tons of bonus audio fun content. And they've added a new feature, uh, listener, to the Patreon. If you are a patron, if you go there, there is an RSS feed for an exclusive fan club fee. There's an RSS link, so you copy that. You're going to paste it in any uh, podcast app. And all the audio we've uploaded to the Patreon will show up right in your podcast app. So Whoa. it's like it, this is our exclusive fan club feed. If you're a member of the fan club, you're going to get all this bonus audio. We're going to have a lot of fun now that it kind of acts like a separate podcast. It's
1: really cool. And if you donate more than $40 a month, you will get a whole folder of Rugboy nudes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I got nudes all over the place. You got to put those in a special locked uh, vault folder. Yeah, holder. you can uh, see right yeah. up my slack hole. Listen, 50 bucks a month, I will come to your house. Yeah, I'll show you all my foam. We well, <laughs> <laughs> are- come to your house. We sit there. We have dinner with you. Yeah, dudes. But you're cooking.
3: You donate some money and I'll donate some of my uh, special Rugboy juice. Uh, And then it's called tequila.
0: Oh, Rugboy juice. I don't even know what that is. I just said that
3: because he started with the nudes.
0: (laughs) The nudes will be covered in Rugboy juice. Also, I just want to uh, take a moment to mention where you can hear the show. Every so often we should tell people. Where they hear the show. Uh, and this is, I kind of want to do an experiment. Listener, wherever you're hearing the show, I'm going to condition you. Here we go. Ready? Anytime you hear people mention any of the following platforms I'm about to say, I want in your head to do this. Jugging nerd. Okay? Anytime anybody mentions iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Player FM, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Jugging nerd. Should go off in your head because we are on all those platforms. You can listen to this show on all those platforms as well as our website at jockinnerd.com. So again, someone says iTunes, it should go off. Someone's like, hey, I got my stitcher up. And nerd. Then you tell them to check out the show. So you're helping us out. We're helping you out. How about that? Let's see. just watching works. YouTube, Imran.
2: Jockin' Nerd. See? We're,
0: uh, they, the Jockin' Nerd podcast is on YouTube. Just search it and you will find it. Uh, Matt, where can the listener find you to say hi and suggest uh, maybe uh, the future What the Fuck Happened movies?
1: Uh, the listeners can find me on Twitter at Matt Delhauer, where they can tweet me anything that they want us to do for what the fuck happened. They can also tell me to go what the fuck myself if they want. <laughs> it's Twitter, and that usually is just what happens. Oh shit! Um, it's full of assholes that Twitter. Um, or they, or they could tell me as to why I should be voting for Trump. I don't know. Twitter gets weird these time this time of year. Oh boy. I'd say if you're gonna tweet us, um, we need to we need to make like a a, a, a hashtag for this, like one that's because I tried making wow. it WTF happened, yeah, and apparently that's a common hashtag that people use all the time.
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty generic. Yeah, uh, ask me.
1: But, um, I'm thinking I'm thinking doing something like maybe if we did like jock and Nerd WTF. Oh, I like, like that. If somebody else has that, then what the fuck? <laughs> what are you making? I'm gonna yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Do something with it. Ha- use hashtag Jockinerd WTF for your suggestions, and we'll keep a running list, and we'll try to get to all of them because uh, you know we got hundreds of shows still at us.
1: Other yeah. than that, they can find me on uh, gingergeekblogs.wordpress.com, dot wordpress dot com, which is where I will be having the background article that I'll be writing about what the fuck happened with Green Lantern. Yes. Um, it's probably not going to be nearly as in-depth as the other ones. <laughs> this seemed to just be, like, a pretty straightforward fuck-up on all levels. Yep, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> um, outside of that, they can hear me occasionally on either the How Do I Jump weekly jump podcast as well as the Geek Chorus podcast over at HD1Jump.com.
0: I will have all these links in the show notes, but definitely check out the companion blog piece for all these what the fuck happens. Cause it's just a great whole set. Uh, you can read, you can listen and uh, you still don't know what the fuck happened and how did this fucking thing get made,
1: but that's, it'll cool. also have pictures.
0: Yes. cool. It's interactive rugs. Where can the people find you? Oh, listen guys. If you want
3: to read me, make fun of dance lot every day. <laughs> if you want to see me, uh, "Quote random shit like Larry King does." <laughs> uh, I was listening to Howard Stern. He was talking about how Larry King just just says random shit on his Twitter. I'm like, "What? What? I'm going to do that too." So I'm just I'm tweeting random shit, whatever I can think of that's stupid. It's going to be. If you want to have a conversation with me on Twitter, you can do that. You want to fucking you know direct me to things so I could critique them for you? Do it on Twitter at Really Rug on Twitter. I'll see you there.
0: Yes, hit them up there. And for everything else, just visit jocanderd.com. Look in the show notes for this episode. It's got links to our shop, where to subscribe, how to contact us, tell a friend, turn them on. Anthony's not here, so I'm just gonna close the show up myself. Thanks for listening. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran, and we will catch you
2: next time. Bro, do you even podcast? Who cares? A jock said that. Rugby Boy approved.